0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't skip through the intro. Sean Sheehan here with a quick announcement before we get into the podcast. This Monday at 8pm, the Zoom returns for all the people that were on it during the pandemic. Everyone knows how fun it was. We're going to have special guests. We're going to have fighters. We're going to have all the Severe make crew, some other media members and stuff like that as well. We're going to chat, have a few cans, have a few, laugh for about, a few laughs even for about two hours. 8pm Monday. Very limited numbers. I think we can only have 50 in there. So first come, first served. Only for Patreon members. The link will be on Patreon at 8 o'clock. You have to be there at 8 o'clock to get the link first current first come, first serve basis. So there'll probably be enough for maybe 40 people uh from the Patreon and then uh you know 10 of the, the severe crew slash fighters and stuff like that as well. So Get in there early, 8 o'clock. If you haven't signed up to Patreon yet, this is a reason. The ones during the pandemic were absolutely epic, and we're going to try to make this as fun as we can as well. All right, enough from me. Now it's time for the podcast.
1: Graham McDonald is an idiot.
2: Sean Sheehan of SevereMMA.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the, quote-unquote, pod god. Severe MMA, 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 MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: Welcome to The Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 359 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Casey Keller of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, for the first half of the podcast. <laughs> and then I'll be throwing it over to Sean Sheehan with uh, the uh, Alfonso Davis of Irish MMA Media. Ian O'Neill to uh, <laughs> break down uh, the UFC. Myself and Graham are going to go here for a good bit talk. Bellator, uh, which went down on Friday night, we're going to look forward to next week. And then myself and Ian are going to break down uh, the UFC card and, and have a bit of fun with it and everything like that. Before we get into that, though, we must tell you attention to all my friends out there. The summer sun is just around the corner, and you know what that means. The wa- the water gets warmer. I don't know if this is a great read for Ireland, to be honest. But anyway, the, <laughs> the skin gets darker the there. Gets- <laughs> it may do for a few hours and get colder. <laughs> <laughs> you are, down that water. The hair gets pubier Luckily our friends of Manscaped Are here to make the summer uh, Bod Pop with their fourth generation Manscaped performance package which this has been a great read which includes her signature lawnmower for Bindo join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready uh, for shaved by summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping it feels like this is a uh, an American uh, read here anyway 20% off and free shipping with the code Severum uh, as a great Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff said it's like summer's a natural aphrodisiac I thought that was going to go somewhere else there but this yeah I, I thought it was <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you hear Will Smith, you don't think of anything else at the moment.
0: Not at the moment, no. It's like, what, what, was his, uh, what was his quote? What did he say? He's like, uh, do not. Keep your keep wife's name, your my wife's name. name
2: out of your fucking mouth. <laughs>
0: it was just a bit of a joke. Anyway, let's be real. Nobody likes the hairy guy at the beach, Rev. It's time to bundle up the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package, you'll find our Lawn 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ease, ease, Ear, Nose and Hair Trimmer. Ease, it's like half ear, half nose. I like that. Crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and their shed travel bag as well, which I have like right here on my desk with stuff in it. First off, uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. This is a trimmer that's designed for summer intentions in mind. The fourth generation trimmer includes a cutting-edge ceramic blade that reduces grooming accidents thanks to our advanced skin technology. 7,000 RPM motor, multi-function on and off switch, LED spotlight it gives you even more of a precise shave if you didn't already have enough of one. Did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? Absolutely brilliant. Bring it to the pool, beach. Actually, don't bring it to the pool. What the fuck? Who's going to shave their balls in the pool? But anyway, oh no, they they said it's a uh, pool and beach party approved but yeah don't be shaving your balls inside the, in the pool Manscaped even has you covered with their signature crop mop ball wipes I love them they're brilliant for any dare I say spontaneous decisions want to make it uh, up a notch take it up a notch Manscaped Shears 2.0 is all encompassing nail kit oh, I actually have one of those they're very good um, to tackle those gross sandal nails you might acquire Jesus you're set here seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid form- uh, formulations a crop preserver uh, ball deodorant and crop Reviver as well and it's a a a mix of confidence you'll have with that Manscaped even threw in two free gifts the boxers and the shed travel bag so bring everything in comfort with you when you leave so get 20% off and a free shipping with the code severemanmanscaped.com it's 20% off and free shipping with the code severemanmanscaped.com it's time to trim those spring flowers this summer and give your beach balls a shine with Manscaped right Graham let's get into Bellator um it was a, look. It was a mad night. The top two fights. We we can't bury the lead here. We have to talk about them. Um, they were they were crazy. We had the uh, Coleman event. The light heavyweight title was on the line, and the end of the tournament. Somebody as well. must win a million. Somebody must win a million. Somebody m- must take home two belts. And neither of those two things happened. What was your take, first of all? Like, this this was very interesting. It, it We'll talk about the fight in a second, but the finish, the accidental headbutt and everything like that, it was... Uh, to me, it was one of those ones where it was so like badly explained on the broadcast, I thought, but not not necessarily badly explained uh, or, or there wasn't really anything wrong said like there would be on the UFC, obviously, because Big John is there. Yeah. But I think he needed to bring a little bit more clarification to it. I went and asked a few uh, referees and a few judges about it this morning and I, I ended up getting the clarification. So what the rule is... <sighs> It, it'll bear with me a second the rule it, is, is uh, just
2: before you I guess what I think the rule is right, or what I think the rule is I think it, if it goes three rounds in a five round fight you can go to the scorecards but because there was three seconds left in the round it's basically a no contest because it's exactly. an accidental clash ahead
0: yeah that that's basically exactly what it is um uh, like, there is this thing as well. There, There's like uh, there's a rule in the rule books. If you download the rules today, it, it, there's a thing that says it has to get past the halfway point of the fight. So that would suggest it to be halfway through the third Ooh. round in this. But that's actually for... It, that's a weird rule that's written, written wrongly in that. That's for fights with even amount of rounds or, or one round. Like, you're going to be on maybe Tough or somewhere like that. Um... But they're exhibition. The, yeah, they're, they're weird. But there there is certain places where there are two-round fights and there are, you know, like, uh, in, on tough even, and there are four, I don't know, probably four-round fights if there's a sudden victory or But anyway, that's for an outlier fight. So if you're reading that, uh, that's what I was reading this morning. That's what kind of confused me. But anyway, what you said there is right. Like, sometimes as well, they will call the doctor, kind of start the fourth round, call the doctor, and then kind of call it no contest there as well. So yeah after the third round is basically where it is after the second round in a three round contest so look for uh, Corey Anderson it's very unlucky it was only three seconds away from the fight uh, going to the third round and he probably would have won the fight at that stage obviously we haven't seen the scoring of the third round because it wasn't a complete round uh, but it was 1-1 before that all three, round, all three judges gave Nimkov round one all three judges gave Nimkov round two honestly I, Anderson
2: like, you
0: mean, yeah. yeah what did I say
2: you said Nimkov twice.
0: Nimkov. Oh, sorry. Yeah, N- Nimkov round one, Anderson round two. It it was one of those ones as well where look, a Frank Tree at the time. I think it was it was a bit weird because he stopped it, and it was three seconds left in the the round when the incident happened, or five seconds left, and the the round kind of stopped the bell came the hooter went as he was stopping it at the same time now it's a bit weird because you're like did he stop did he wait see it and didn't stop it at the end or was did he see it and stop it and by the time he said stop the round was over it was close enough to that that there's a little bit of doubt in it but he saw it anderson kind of as he said afterwards oh no i can't believe i kind of told him and he did tell him and it, it was led to frank trigg like immediately immediately saying like, wait, hold on, there's a clash of heads here. It wasn't like he let the round in and then he said, oh, is there a clash of heads, let get, let's get that checked. He immediately said it. So I actually think Frank Drigg, he did a good job. He did a good job. I think the commission did a very good job by taking their time and getting the right decision out of it. And I actually think they did it very well. Usually usually these decisions are a mess and they go the wrong way and everything is, is, is wrong and we're talking about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think they did uh, the the right thing here. It was very unfortunate for Nimkov to get his fucking head split open. Very unfortunate for Anderson to do it with three seconds left in the round, where he would have won if it was uh, three seconds later, and if the you know if the ref hadn't seen it maybe or whatever, and it went to uh, a no contest in the middle of the rounds. But there was no, no I way. The, it
2: happened, you know. I think the ref and the commission did did a good job. I think maybe a bit of the confusion was caused because I think the commentators, once it was first called off, thought it was a TKO. Thought it was over and uh, reacted like that initially, I think. Uh, so there was a bit of confusion in that way. But, yeah, Corey Anderson, maybe if he had of not kind of touched his head and been like, oh, it was accidental to the ref, then maybe you know he would have got the TKO and the million and the, the belts and all. So they say honesty is the best policy, but uh, maybe not in this case.
0: It was weird as well then, because also, the, first of all, they thought it was a TKO. Didn't they thought the round had ended? And then Big John was saying the fourth round would have to start for it to be, to go to a no contest. And I actually don't think that's right. Now you know it's it's an interesting one it didn't go there anyway they, they called it with three seconds left but in future I tried to get clarification on that from a few different people and I believe that's the clarification is three rounds have to have passed uh, for it to go to a no contest but regardless it, that wasn't the case here so it was uh, it was all good and that's that's the way it ended look it'll, it'll probably have to be a rematch I, I thought it was a very interesting fight because I, I was actually I was talking to Ian last night and about a minute into round one I said to him I can't believe I picked Anderson here Nimkov I thought was just so much better on the feet he was landing lovely one-twos down through the middle Anderson tried uh, to take him down a bit later in the first round, but just couldn't. Um, and, you know, it's something we've been talking about over and over, over the last year, you can't give up on that takedown. You have to keep going for it. If that is your way to win, you need to go for it. And by, judging by the first round here and the way Nimkov kind of was taking Anderson apart on the Now that was a little bit different in the second round. But anyway, judging by that, Anderson needed that takedown. And the fact he came straight out in the second round and got it was a great sign. Did, did, was that something you noticed too about keeping on going for that takedown? It was big.
2: Yeah, it was huge because, you know, as you said, the, the first round definitely didn't go his way. And if, if you let Nemkov kind of get a lead and let him set up his own takedowns, then you can end up on your back and the time can tick away and, and you lose. So Cory Anderson had to make something, something happen, something different happen. It wasn't going his way and he went out there and, you know, imposed his will as they say. Like, you know, he imposed his game plan and looked to have taken over the fight. And, you know, I had him winning the second round and he was about to win the third, in my opinion, until, you know, obviously the clash there. And it looked like it was going one way. Obviously we'll never know. Nemkov could have made a comeback. He could have made an adjustment in the in the fourth and, you know, got a takedown of his own or got back to to his strikes and stayed away from Corey Anderson's takedowns. But yeah, Corey Anderson needed to change it up, and he did. And he's shown in the past and in this in uh, this fight that he's able to change it up. He's able to follow a game plan. He, he's able to 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 do it in all aspects uh, of the game. And you know, uh, yeah, he, it wasn't going his way. His way, and it's an, an an unfortunate ending. But I think you know if they were to rematch, he would probably you know take take more from that fight uh, as to how to beat Nemkov. And Nemkov would take of how to beat Anderson.
0: I I would tend to agree with that actually because like. If you look at it, the first round is very much a learning round for Anderson because, like, Nimkov kind of went out there and, and was winning that round. I know if, I saw a few people had it for Anderson. I was shocked at that, honestly. I, and I wasn't shocked at all with all three judges. Uh, they probably up, put us uh, some,
2: like, strike stats or something. That, like maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we'll,
0: we'll talk about strike stats later on, don't you worry. But, uh, yeah, like, Nimkov was just... He was a cleaner striker. Like, sometimes you, uh, uh, you know, as someone who's not a, a boxing expert or knows really very little about it, but you hear people talking all the time about lads, like, uh, getting their getting their feet crossed and crossing over their shoulders when they're boxing. Like, that's just what Anderson looked like in the first, whereas Nimkov was landing those beautiful straight strikes right down through the middle where it was, you know, he was... He was, uh, not le- leaning into him is the wrong word, I suppose, but they were, they were very fluid and straight the whole way, whereas Anderson was like, it was very kind of, it, it, it was very, uh, you could see a lot coming. You know, you could see everything coming. And Nimkov, I thought, was seeing everything coming from Anderson. But he did, In the second round, he did hit him hard at one stage. And I think a lot of that too was to do with the tread of the takedown uh, and him just kind of constantly, not constantly going for it, but going for it when he needed uh, to get there. And it was, look, it was the very start of the second round, but... um he was he showed in that as well that he was able to hold Nimkov down. He was able to dominate him on the ground. Sorry, it was actually the start of the the third round where he landed the hard right hand and he rocked Nimkov a bit, got a takedown off of that. Then Nimkov almost got the guillotine, uh, but there was some ground it. And I thought, you know, we talk about the effectiveness of of um submission attempts later on with the patricky fight but this one i thought it was a very effective guillotine i thought it was relatively close to finishing but that right hand was as well so i would kind of you know if you think one of them was very very uh highly scoring very very effective they almost count out each other so i think the the fact that after the takedown there was loads of ground abound and from anderson i think that was enough to to win him that round if the round had gone another three seconds and probably to to win him the fight but it was a closer round I think maybe than, than people thought uh, but I, I do think Anderson would have won it as well um, the rematch is the only option here surely isn't it
2: yeah it has to be you know they you know they had a big tournament and it's a million dollars in belts and all that stuff and it's a very unsatisfactory ending you know <laughs> it's a very unsatisfactory ending to, to a normal any kind of title fight or any kind of big fight or uh, belt could put on but especially for the, the kind of end of your tournament you, you made a big deal out of it and you know as we said at the start you know, somebody has to take away a million and it, it didn't happen so yeah I think it makes sense to put it back together you know it was, it was a pretty good fight uh, up, up until it was a really enjoyable fight up until, the, up until the finish, in in my opinion, anyway. And uh, I'd, I'd definitely watch it again. And, you know, there isn't that many options, really, uh, for Bellator besides that, I think I don't think.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. They, they just have to do it. it makes, it's the only one that makes sense here. It, it also was a fight, I think, that after the first round, it could have gone to a domination to Nimkov, I think, but it turned into a very good fight. The second, Anderson was able to take him down and get that top control because you knew both guys... Had a way to win the fight, so that was very intriguing. And even let's say the the, the cut didn't happen, the headbutt didn't happen, and Anderson was two or two rounds up. Like there was. The, the high possibility there that Nimkov had stopped the takedown in the fourth win that round and then it was all to play for in the fifth round you know so it was a it was a very very close fight and by no means Anderson would have won if the fight had gone two more rounds or Nimkov would have won if the fight had gone two more rounds very very close and we see that in fights all the time and maybe people will say what are you talking about Anderson won the last two rounds he was going to go on and win the next two rounds I don't you can't you can't say that at the at the highest level we've seen so of, many man. fights like
2: yeah. you know look like they're going one way and go another way like yeah you, you know, if that fight had been stopped due to accidental headbutt at the end of the first round. People would have said on oh, MCOF was going to have been that exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Great point. Yeah, so I-, I need to see it again. One thing is, though, before we move on to the Pitbull versus AJ McKee fight, and th- that's connected to what I'm going to say here the promotion for this event. Was ludicrously mad. Like everyone was kind of saying it. The only promotion for the event was everyone saying it wasn't being promoted well. We heard very little about it. I, you know, I I kind of talked on the preview show with the lads about how I'd seen like two clips from the press conference. The press conference was on a Monday after there was a UFC pay-per-view and where everyone's still talking about the UFC pay-per-view and talking about the judging and talking about, you know, Sterling versus Yan and everything else that, that happened last weekend. Like, I just think that was such a mistake to have it on there and to, you know, make a big deal out of something that nobody even saw or nobody was even... You know, no, no media made a big uh, hoopla about it or anything. I just think it was such a mistake. Like The biggest things to that come, that come out of it were like them talking about Volkanovski and him talking about the UFC and talking about crossovers. The things everyone is just sick of hearing. Like, people do, are do, do, sick Do you think,
2: of it. I think casuals must, you know, they must believe, Belton must believe that casuals are going to buy into the fact that it's a possibility that the UFC would, you know, agree to cross-promote or you know put on one of these fights because like if if you know uh, anything about mma really if you're if you're a hardcore fan or if you follow it even slightly you you pretty much know that there's absolutely no chance of of that happening you know that's just never going to happen and talking about it is completely pointless uh, to somebody like me or you, but uh, maybe a casual, maybe they could think, you know, oh, this guy, if he wins, how would he look against Volkanovski? Oh, that'd be interesting. Maybe, you know, maybe that does tie casuals into it. And, like, maybe that's what Bellator are thinking, but yeah, for us, it's just nonsense talk.
0: Look, to be fair, like, these media members asking them the, the questions and, and things like, that's all, it's not just Bellator, I don't want to just shit on Bellator, but that's what the only things that are coming out of it. Like, where are the great promos? Where is all the talk about why aren't we seeing these lads all over the place and i don't know it just it just felt like we barely heard about the fight before it was happening and like i did a preview last week of it for sure dog we previewed it uh, last week on the podcast we previewed it on the preview show live on thursday night and i don't know it felt like the even the people in on twitter and the people online and everywhere were just Almost forgot the fight was happening. Like I, I put up um, a tweet about it being on Virgin Media, and like I had a few, I had someone DMing me and going, "Is that next week or is it is it happening now?" And like you, you just see people kind of saying, "What? Wait, hold on, this fight is happening." I, and it was, it was bizarre. It was really bizarre, and we've talked about before about Bellator having events uh, on a Friday night when there's not maybe a big UFC that weekend or there's no UFC. This is a great weekend for them because the UFC, uh, I, now we're recording this just before the UFC as people could probably guess, but it's not a blow away card by any means. I might, hopefully it'll be very good. We're just about to watch it here in about an hour, but hopefully it'll be great and all that. Uh, you, everyone will know by the time this comes out, but it's it's not one people are going to be tuning in in their droves for. This is a Bellator event with two big title fights with rmp go on it that people would really go for that we re- would really really want to watch and it just yeah, another like thing just, just
2: to add to your point like you know the nfl isn't on stuff like that it's you know there isn't a big ufc on there isn't any real competition and this is your biggest established star of the last 10 years versus your biggest up and coming star you've probably ever had and yeah it's just for a belt big rematch and it just, it just, you know, as you said, it just seemed to fall flat in terms of people talking about it, like on on Twitter and even people asking questions for the podcast. There wasn't really any talk of it whatsoever uh, that I can remember. And that is really strange. You know, Bellator, you know, they, they can't put on many better fights than than Pitbull versus AJ McKee. And, you know, if you're not going to go all out now, when are you going to go all out?
0: Exactly. And I said it last night. We we'll, Let's talk about the main event. But if they're doing a rematch of the main event or of the co-main event they need to promote that better because these these are top level fights you know, these are real top-level fights. The winners of each of these, you know, we could uh, fuck the, the co-promotion and all of this to mind that, but they, they're up there with the best in their way classes in the world. You know, okay, I think maybe we'll, we'll talk about Volkanovsky probably now is is ahead, as we would all agree. But at Light Heavyweight, they're not that far ahead. You know, they're absolutely not. So, uh, Bellator, uh, they just seem uncomfortable with being number one, if you get me, or, or, or like having the perception that they would be number one. It it just feels so uncomfortable for them, and that is... It's sad a bit, but they need to do that. They need they need to not be going out mentioning the UFC all the time and talking about it. you'd never hear the UFC mentioning Bellator you know just say like this is one of the best fights you're going to see this year this is the best up and comer in the sport 18 and all, he's fighting a veteran who he beat the last one. can he get revenge like it's not it's the easiest fight in the world to promote and I'm sure they did bits and pieces of it but none of it took off none of it took off and we didn't see it and it's it's a real real shame and Bellator you know they're genuine, generally actually pretty good at it especially like around here, um, you know, when there there's a big event, and maybe they're actually better at promoting locally than other places. Because even the Hawaii cards, which we talk about later, up coming on next week, they actually have done a pretty good job of getting local talent on that. And I'm sure the people in Hawaii are, are dying to see it, and when they come to Ireland, the people in Ireland are dying to see it. So at that part of it, yeah. they're good. But getting the you know, wider it might be a better
2: idea to have these the biggest fights you can put on in like you know smaller territories like maybe. Ireland or the UK or yeah. you know Poland or something. You know, if you have a Polish guy because. It's going to be made into a much bigger deal because you know Bellator is coming to town. Doesn't always like it comes to San Jose, California, like every fucking week. So it's just yeah. another show. So it's yeah, maybe that would help.
0: Yeah, but let's let's get a uh, AJ McKee versus Pitbull 3 on in uh, on in Dublin in September. I saw I actually saw you know, James. That would Galler. that
2: would make it a bigger fight it than if they than yeah. this was.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I saw James Gallagher talking about uh, coming back as well and fighting in in Dublin in September. Kind of not not exactly that, but he put an Irish flag in September, or whatever. So we could see him there. Anyway, let's talk about the uh, the main event: uh, Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee. Uh, a close fight, a funny fight, and an, an odd fight, really. I'd say you would say it, where P- uh, Patricia Pitbull fought the exact way that Patricia Pitbull fights, fought very, very well that way, and it feels like AJ McKee played right into him. He just fought. I, I look, we talked about Yan last week fighting a bad fight, and maybe being um, you know um. Too, his head was in it too much and he was thinking about it too much I think and, this
2: was different than the Yan one this was the yeah. exact
0: opposite I was just about to say it yeah. I think he was too relaxed I think his head wasn't in it enough I think he just remember I, I used to always say about Luke Rockhall he's just going to turn up and he's going to win the belt against Michael Bisping I think this is the way Jimmy McKee was I I think he was just going to turn up he was going to beat Patricia. he was going to you know maybe have one or two more fights maybe go up and fight Patricio for the lightweight belt and then fuck off to the UFC MMA doesn't work yeah, that way, around, m- does it?
2: M- maybe that was it. That could have been it, or maybe, like to me, it looked like he fought like he thought he was winning uh, all the rounds. Um, <laughs> you know, even though, yeah, you can, yeah, maybe he won the first round, but the second round, you know, he definitely didn't win that. In my opinion, the third round, I suppose you could make a case, but it didn't have him winning that. So, you know, he needed to come out in the fourth and fifth to make something happen. But he came out like he was three rounds to the good, and you know, just cruising to victory and. You know, yeah, maybe it was. You know, his head was—he was looking, looking past people instead of you know concentrating on what was in front of him, or maybe he thought he was winning, and maybe he was being told that in this corner. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, he was. Yeah,
0: they told him after yeah. the fourth round he was for in loop But I yeah. think yeah. He yeah he was so you know, but
2: yeah, but you know, each round it looked like it looked like he thought he had. He decided I just need to keep what I'm doing, what I'm doing, and I'm kind of in cruise control here, and he never kind of stepped it up when you know. me watching it I'm like you need to make something happen here not knowing what the score was and knowing these are some close rounds and you know you, you, like going into the fifth round you could have been 4-0 down never mind 4-0 up So, yeah, it seemed to me like uh, he thought something different was happening (laughs) than was actually happening in the fight.
0: Yeah, and it's funny as well, you know, people, all all this debate about open scoring and stuff recently, we'll forget that for a second. MMA's rule set is designed so that it scores highly to the person looking for the finish. If you're looking to, like, coast through a whole fight like KJ McKee kind of was here, that's not going to go well for you. Like, that's not how MMA is scored. That's not how MMA works. So you can't do that. And, like... Hopefully, this is a great learning lesson for him because if he does learn what went wrong here, and if other people look at this and learn what went wrong here for AJ McKee, it will be, it'll actually be a a very good thing for him. I think it'll bring him to the next level. It will be a great thing for other people as well because you can't rest on your laurels in this sport. You can't expect to win by just showing up and, you know, uh, touching lads on the outside and landing a few jabs. You just can't. You said he could have been four rounds down after uh, four, uh, four rounds. I agree. He could have been. He absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, could have been. I had him 3-1 down, and I scored him the first round, which most people didn't score for him. So let's say I was wrong about that, which I absolutely could have been. I would have had a 4-0, then, or A would have been 4-0, then, if you take my card and, and uh, the first round. It was it was bizarre. Like I, I'll just run through it quickly, and we maybe we, we can talk about some of the specific rounds. First round, look, it was very close. Um... It was it was like the Anne Sterling round last week where McKee was landing more shots and Patricio was throwing harder. I didn't think Patricio landed that much, honestly, uh, but it was very, very close. I couldn't yeah. disagree with like you. It was small things like,
2: you know, I actually I actually scored it for AJ, but I knew it was ra- it was razor close and I, I was thinking, you know, you can't bank this round at all. Neither guy can bank this round as, as having, having won this round. So, you know, I think AJ came out with a, like a kind of big sidekick to the body and landed a couple other... Uh, decent body shots And you know Pitbull landed a couple of glancing off the glove shots But that was it So you know I could go back and look at that round And maybe one of the Pitbull uh, punches landed a little, a little more impactful than I thought, and one of the AJ, AJ's body kicks didn't land as as uh, as heavy as I thought, and you could give the round the, the other way. So this is a razor close round, and you know neither guy could rely on.
0: Yeah, I think the second round, as you said earlier, I think that was a definite uh, Patricio Pitbull Fair round. He just landed the more impactful shots throughout it. I don't engage as as any case really on that one. I, I think all three judges gave that to Patricio as well. The third round it was look is a very, very interesting round. Uh, Patricio knocked him down uh, with a hard shot, rattled him. Uh, AJ immediately got a takedown from it. So that does take away from the knockdown a little bit because of what comes after shows the impact uh, that the shot actually had. But Patricio almost got a guillotine. He did, yeah. Patricio almost got the guillotine. And to me, that was very, very close. And when you're talking about effective grappling, effective grappling is not taking someone down and laying on top of them. Effective grappling is that guillotine. It's almost choking a guy out. It's having him. to See, hard.
2: maybe this is a question for you uh, about the judging criteria, but you know, for me, it looked like for like two seconds, like he was close to getting it and then the head kind of popped out a little not a popped out, but kind of Moved up a little bit, and I was like, Oh no, I think he's gonna pop his head out here. But for a couple of seconds there, I don't know how you know how long or how long you could be close before it's like if you go for an arm bar and in a split second you nearly have it, but you you, you lose it. Is that really that impactful grappling? Uh,
0: I yeah, it depends. It's it's that's why the best judges in the world need to be there, um, judging these fights. That That's what they're very, very good at, and you know, they a lot of them do a lot of training. I saw one of them doing a winning a the medal there last week in a in a the tournament and that's that's why they do it to to yeah, to judge true. that to and me sometimes
2: it looks like a guy's heads are going to pop out from a guillotine and then it kind of gets readjusted slightly and he's topping a second later so like you know it's it's a real judgment call in in the moment but i think yeah with the knockdown or not or the at least you know uh the, the impact of that strike that's done McKee and uh the yeah, uh, closeness of the the guillotine for at least a couple of seconds gave enough. Uh, did enough for uh, Pitbull to win the round, but I thought, you know, that was another close round.
0: I thought the guillotine honestly was there was at one point where I thought it was close and I thought it was a good guillotine and then there was like a slight adjustment and I thought it was a lot closer then. So that's actually like I think that's very beneficial to say Patricio in this. Uh, in this um, you know, example where he adjusts and it looks better. I think that scores higher, if you get me, because like... Yeah, if- I thought he
2: actually adjusted and it looked better for AJ. I thought his head was a little bit more... Right there was
0: there was a call that was at the end of it I think there was kind of like tree adjusting he was in it for longer than you you kind of remember I think it was it was and look you can be in it for too long as well because if you're in it for too long it doesn't look like it's going to finish you sometimes because you you're safe and you know if you're going to get choked out you're going to get choked out sometimes when they pull that head out it's almost better for uh for the the person attacking with the submission because oh if his head hadn't popped out he would have yeah, got oh, submitted it was so close, got out the yeah, last yeah, second yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i that fact actually might play into it being more uh, effective towards the end and I, I, like there was almost I think effective grappling
2: is, is harder to, to judge Very hard. than Very the, hard. obviously impactful striking you can kind of you can hear it or you can see it the pop of the punch or the kick or the reaction or you know there's a lot more things that kind of show like uh how in danger you are or how hurt you are but you know guys play it cool and they're in danger sometimes it looks like they're fine they're giving the thumbs up and then you know a second later they're topping yeah. so it's a really hard one to judge
0: definitely is either way i think patricio did enough to win that round anyway to be honest i aj landed some very good ground and pound but i you know i just i didn't think it was enough that knockdown and the, the guillotine him, i just didn't think it was enough um the four rounds McKee was winning the boxing early and he was I thought he was doing very well for the first two and a half minutes three, three minutes even but the last 90 seconds I think Patricio landed more shots in the last 80-90 seconds of effectiveness than AJ landed in the first three and a half minutes or whatever it was I thought they were more impactful I thought he hit him harder and I, like that that Jan Sterling round last week having gone back and watched it and lots of people talking about it with the impact you know and, and if you learn from that and if we we go forward looking at that and that's how judges score fights and score rounds I think I had to give I had to give, uh, give uh, Pitbull this round I thought he just landed more impactful stuff. And you know two judges gave the third round to Pitbull two judges gave the fourth round to Pitbull so that kind of tells you it, it was a Pitbull both of them were Pitbull rounds but also they weren't too far away from AJ what, what did you think of that
2: fourth yeah. this fourth was more clear cut to me than you know the the first and you know maybe even the third i thought this was pretty clear for people I thought you know he definitely took the round in the you know the last two minutes or a minute and a half or whatever it was Um, mckee like you know he was up uh, on strikes but he hadn't landed anything too impactful and it was you know it was there for the taking and, in and at the end of the, the round i think people went out there and you know definitely did enough to to take the round you know if you look back at what aj actually landed of of, of impact or there, there isn't much there i don't think
0: yeah I wouldn't agree with that the fifth round in early takedown for AJ uh, he had him against the fence for a while uh, got up AJ was a little, little bit better on the feet and then got a takedown late as well it was, it was really in on know, AJ around do round. you
2: think if uh, McKee thinks he's he's down or it's it's you know he's 3-1 down or it's 2 all or it could be either 3-1 or, or 2-2 that he's definitely behind anyway do you think he tries to take the back and you know tries to go over the finish Uh more actively, or do you think it was just you know Pitbull defended well, and you know I don't know. It seemed to me like AJ didn't show enough urgency.
0: You should be trying to do that for the whole fight, like yeah,
2: especially that when, You know, <laughs> yeah, you have a tired Pitbull, yeah, and you're kind of in your realm now, and you know. Ugh.
0: I I think as well. You know, okay, that's that's probably like an argument for open scoring, but I think the argument for not having open scoring is that we make fights more exciting and the sport more exciting and i i don't think necessarily like the last round and people talk about costing and all of that i i don't necessarily generally buy into that right i think and i I talked about this before outside of open scoring and even with stand-ups and things we have to protect the sport we have to make the sport more exciting and continue to keep it exciting because it's getting less exciting there are more decisions there are less finishes there are fights going longer there are more fights all the time it's becoming a less exciting sport statistically anyway uh and especially if you're watching all those fights we need to protect the the Criteria right now Whether you like it or not Whether you understand Well I suppose
2: it, it depends If you What, what Like a uh, really no, good like, decision Between two really talented guys Exactly like, it Could be when, A much better fight Than just a quick knockout Or a quick fucking When you know, a winning of a round is, is decided
0: by Who is going for the finish Or who is closer to the finish That makes the fight More exciting You know Generally Okay You can have a beautiful Technical Jiu Jitsu matchup Over 25 minutes No problem But generally If two people are going For the finish To win a round To win a fight that makes it better, you know. MMA is an offensive sport. We need to keep it an offensive sport, honestly. And to to say, oh, if Age knew he was, um, if Age knew he was behind, would he have kind of tried harder? Would he have gone more offensive in the fifth round to win it? Is fine. But my argument would be, why wouldn't you be offensive like that for five rounds? Yeah. And okay.
2: Well, like you know, you can too. solve it pretty, pretty easily. I think without open scoring, if you want more finishes and people not coasting, you you can say well, here you, you get whatever. You say your your show pay is fifty, your win pay is fifty k, and if you finish, you get fifty k as well.
0: Sure, I like that. Lovely. That's I, probably an
2: easier way than than open scoring, where you have to throw everything open, yeah. kind of easy until you ask chaos.
0: Uh, <laughs> Scott Coker or Dana White uh, <laughs> to come in and that yeah, but yeah look it'd be great it's actually
2: you know even if there was what 20 grand for a finish you know most fighters mm -hmm. on the undercard that'd be you know as much as their show pay or more
0: myself and harry actually have recorded a podcast on this and about paying about wins and losses will be coming out in the next couple of weeks actually and we got into this sort of conversation it's a very interesting one and we're going to do an open scoring one too i want to wait until it kind of dies down a bit because there's just too much bullshit out there at the moment and there's not like I just feel like the the conversation and the discourse about open scoring is just not fair at the moment it's just you know obviously Ariel said it and then you've loads of sheep coming in behind Ariel you know uh, just uh, you know parroting what he says but also uh, trying just, to just because they
2: don't agree like, with you that there are there are sheep sucking oh, up to, no, no, to Ariel but is, uh, but come it, on <laughs> Ariel
0: hasn't thought about it either I, I spoke to him about it and he, he wouldn't listen you know he's uh, you know he, he, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre but uh, you, they all say the same things that he says and it's all the one point, the fighters deserve to know, I think the fighters deserve to have the right decision read at the end of the fight, more than anything else like, having bad decisions or having bad judging is not going to be good for the fighters you know what the fighter also doesn't deserve, right? they don't deserve to be four rounds down getting an all merciful beaten, being told they're four rounds down, and then opening up in the fifth round and getting absolutely fucking destroyed, and changing their life with the amount of damage they're going to take I don't think a fighter deserves that either, but that's you know, it wouldn't worry, you could
2: You could just the head now. You could make for open scoring is you know if a fighter is if a corner sees his fighter is two rounds down definitively and he's you know losing in the same fashion. <laughs> Did that happen? Throwing in the towels
0: I think that'll make it worse. That'll yeah. make their, the corners more aligned to tell the fighters to go for a finish and open up and get hurt worse.
2: Yeah, or maybe the ref would be more likely to stop the fight if he knew as well what to say you're four rounds down and you're getting elbowed in the face and you're you're flat in your back and it's been like this for four rounds or you know the first round was close and maybe but you went, went against you and the ref knows this maybe he's more likely to kind of save you from extra beating but i don't know yeah is, i think there's a lot of cons to it as well I'd like maybe you could bring it in you know um on smaller shows for like an extended period period of time maybe the UFC could do it on one of their fight pass shows and these people who were In really into it could watch are, it and,
0: the, the Kansas City Athletic Commission when did it there a good bit yeah but it was okay. such a
2: small sample size There's you know no you need there, to do it for a yeah. for, for longer you uh, don't
0: really I think we just need to forget about if, it and not yeah. <laughs> do it be, that'd be the better option uh, here let's be honest but anyway uh, yeah we'll talk about more about open scoring even though I don't want it because it's I think anyone with like any bit of sense at all like sees why open scoring is not a good idea I, I re-
2: and like I wonder why open scoring such a big like around this fight why it's such a big because people it, just, just think that AJ Vobo. McKee thought he was thought he was winning and yeah he, that he was, wasn't
0: that was yeah. bad cornering more than you know yeah. like uh, Antonio McKee should but it's it just a not understanding
2: Roberts? the judging criteria basically oh, yeah you know like, AJ McKee or sorry yeah Antonio McKee is probably you know he fought in the old the old rules maybe
0: <laughs> oh i know how it's done i yeah. fought i know how to fight a score. you've never read the criteria and you haven't a clue like that that's the biggest problem i would have no problem with open scoring if everyone understood the criteria like the, the biggest thing is uh you know the one argument that open scoring people make and i, I don't want to get into this but let's do it they say the fighters deserve to know the score right graham tell me what was the score of the the liverpool versus man city match today at halftime 3 0. 3 0. And why was it 3 0, right? Tell me exactly now why the score was 3 0.
2: Because uh, Liverpool completely dominated and scored three goals. Yeah,
0: and they, no, they kicked the ball past the line into the back of the net three times. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was just watching the Ulster match there, right, just before we came out to do this, and someone got a try and they got five points, right? Why did they well, get the five they, points? Can they
2: headed one in? But yeah, I know it, it There they.
0: you go, yeah. Why did Ulster get five points? Because they laid the ball on the ground behind the line and got a try, right? How do you win an MMA round?
2: Uh, you land the more impactful strikes or impactful grappling.
0: Or you, know, or you could have the octagon control. Or you could have the effective aggression, you know. Or, you know, it might, there might be a certain amount of strikes that one fighter lands. A certain amount of strikes the other fighter lands. A certain amount of effective grappling another fighter has. A certain amount of effective grappling the second fighter has. Um, and all of that, you know. There could be a point taken away. There could be... It's way more nuanced, way more complicated than kicking the fucking ball into the back of the net. It's not the same in any way, shape, or fucking form. Can people get into their heads, really? Can they? <laughs> it's oh my god! It's so fucking frustrating. Anyway, I have Sean, to get Sean off is listening. triggered.
2: <laughs> I we'll talk about this out. later when you've calmed down. We will, so.
0: oh God! Well, hold how long we're 40 minutes into this, but it's gonna be a long one. Yeah,
2: we, we got through two, two, two fights, fights. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> I and have. usually we can gloss over the Bellator prelims, <laughs> but this time we need to talk about that what, Luna fight. What
0: about Luna? That was the next one I'm gonna bring up. That was one of the fights of the year. That was one of the, the best fights I've I've seen in a long time. Now it was. It was it was an all merciful beating and Socrates is like I, uh, I sent it to Patrick today because I knew he'd love this fight but he was calling him the he was calling him the American zombie or the Mexican zombie or whatever he was calling him um, this Luna he's he's immediately it, you like, know his, people be it, watching his pro
2: debut if you're watching this yeah. if you're watching him and you're probably thinking you know he's been around for a while he fucking relentless like just went out there like with a point to prove like he was he was late and he needed to get this done and he needed to get going <laughs> and he wasn't taking no for an answer and he, even when he was exhausted at the end uh, right before the the finish he just kept swinging he kept swinging and you know Socrates Hernandez took a hell of a beating and uh, threw some good shots back as well and you know he did some good work himself but just a relentless nature of Luna's forward pressure and constant combinations and just just willingness to just fucking go for it, uh, it was too much for Socrates in the end.
0: Absolutely. But what an
2: amazing fucking first round, especially in fight. fight in general. <laughs>
0: The, the third round was going towards a fucking 10-7 nearly unless, uh, it was, until it was stopped. But
2: he, like, Luna was absolutely fucking exhausted. Like, you yeah. could see how <laughs> slow those punches were coming. It was like, is, is, is this going into slow motion it here? Like, so hit great. some button on my remote control here. Like. <laughs> it
0: was so great. I want to see him fight Nathan Kelly in Ireland. Can we get that out? I want to see Luna in Ireland. He needs to be on this Ireland card. I want to see him fighting live. That'd be great. You know, Nathan Kelly is, what, four or five fights into his career. Like Luna, I think he needs a bit of a step up now. I think that probably would be a bit of a step up, to be honest. I think that's uh, that's a fight. I don't know, maybe a fight down to one thirty-five as well. I saw him afterwards.
2: For for Luna, yeah. like, you know, yeah. you probably want to wait a little bit. You know, he had what he had three and one amateur record losing his last amateur fight according to the topology, and then this is his pro debut, so you know, we don't get too carried away. Against against, against um, Nathan Kelly, sorry.
0: No, I think that'd be good. I think that makes sense. Anyway. Uh if you haven't seen that fight, it's on YouTube for free. It's like 25-ish what, minutes, Bellator I Bellator got a fight up quickly yeah. on YouTube? No, no, it's on the, the whole prelims. It's like the two-hour oh, okay, prelim okay, thing. Yeah, so. yeah. You have to watch it. It was one of the one of the fights of the year. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the first two fights ended very quickly. Two minutes into the first round, uh, Theo Haig got a rear naked choke and Laird Anderson got a rear naked choke as well. Theo Haig was fighting some fat lad called Alan Binson, like how the fuck did that man make it into into Belador? But anyway, it'll probably be his last time in there. He's one and three now. Um, Bolanoshin got a uh, a nice finish as well over Daniel Carey. Uh, he landed a beautiful front kick and then a right hand and ground the pound in it. Before that, uh, we had Edwin De Los Santos, who got an decision over Alberto Mendes. And Kyle Crutchmere, who Miles Price has mentioned before, uh, he's out of AK. He got a good unanimous decision, win, got to go to 9-1 against uh, Michael Lombardo. Uh, Bobby Seriano got a beautiful uh, uh, right straight right hand right down the middle in the second round against Caleb Ramirez. Sariano's a is a good fighter. Um, the guy went down on all fours did you see this Graham and his arms wouldn't hold him up I've seen a, a guy where his legs wouldn't hold him up before but I don't think I've ever seen it where uh, his arms wouldn't hold him up and that's what happened here it was a, a vicious vicious KO uh, Yag then got his first win in Bellator very very good performance for him against Rafael Carvalho who doesn't look the same to be honest he isn't the fighter he once was uh, Terrell Fortune got a quick knockout against king Cleveland I was a bit surprised I thought uh, he would try to take it down and that uh, you know Cleveland is dangerous on the feet but fortune I was having none of that and got a beautiful uh, beautiful finish there in the first round Tyson Miller then Dr. Stoppage against Highland Gracie yeah um,
2: what did you think uh, not, great. Gracie there? not great yeah. not
0: great
2: he looked terrible and then he just basically didn't even you know even if he, if yeah he just didn't even make an, an attempt to follow the finger just like you know we've seen guys pretend to be able to see and have a guess of fingers and pretend and you know Because you really want to be in there and want to to fight on. Yeah. (laughs) How many fingers i up? uh, Four. (laughs)
0: Fourteen. Or
2: like the the doctor's moving his finger and you're just pretending to look like, you know, look side to side or whatever. But like, just he just wanted out and the ref's like, all right, fair enough.
0: Yeah. And, not even the ref The doctor waved it Sorry, off Sorry the doctor yeah. <laughs> The doctor literally waved it off I've never seen a doctor wave. it off doctor's like This guy doesn't want this The doctor's this. like Nah bye nah.
2: this is, this is, He's been <laughs> waiting For this
0: opportunity to talk. <laughs> The doctor turned into Fucking Herb Dean In the middle of the fight but. Anyway Fair play out of date They did the right thing uh, Lyndon Vassell Versus Tim Johnson Oof, This is a pretty home. good yeah. Funniest fight I've ever seen in my life uh, <laughs> it was good. i enjoyed this, this uh, fucking it was, was brilliant. brilliant it was very good tim johnson uh, do i have notes in this I, I think i was laughing so much uh they were smashing each other early they, these boys went out and they were smashing each other early like every opportunity they got they were throwing knees in the clinch throwing big uppercuts in the clinch really really good vassell um uh got hurt by a big shot and he fell over um
2: he looked like he he fell over badly he looked like it could have been it could have been the the beginning of the end before
0: that though he got hurt and then they went into a clinch and it felt like he might have been okay, but then he fell after they kind of broke the clinch. I don't know, maybe he hit him with another shot, but anyway, he fell. And then uh, J- J- Johnson realized he was on the ground and decided he was on the other side of the cage because Vassell kind of fell backwards, kind of Brock lesnar style maybe a little bit. Or, yeah, against Spinning Kevin. out of or spiraling out of control. Out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and then Johnson like, oh shit, I'm going to finish this fight. And as he ran over, he fell into Vassell and headbutted him like it was like a 10 foot flying headbutt one of the funniest things I've ever seen Vassell then even though he just got headbutted and he was already hurt grabbed the single leg and ground and pounded him and ended up getting a finish what a what a round, what a fight the, uh, I, I was Honestly, I, I was just laughing I kind of missed the finish, I was laughing so much at the, uh, When he fell over It was just so funny Just coming crashing down In the middle of the cage, just an absolute Panic out of Tim Johnson And then to get ground and bounded again this, was, this is a classic Bellator heavyweight title By your guy Linton Vassell He's on some run, isn't he? Fair play to him
2: you know yeah it, it looked like it was going it was going to go badly here but like Tim Johnson and fairness, went for you know I'm going to take out early and if if I can't I can't and he very nearly did but yeah Lindofussel once he once he got a hold of him it was just you know Tim Johnson looked like he didn't know what he was doing or was too tired or both on the ground, and it's uh the second he kind of got on top and started landing the ground and pound, you you kind of knew the the tide had and it was over. And it's it's a good win for uh Linton Vassell, but you know you don't want to be getting clipped like that against against Tim Johnson. You know you know what he's gonna do. He's gonna come out hard early and uh, like a smarter game plan for Vassell probably would have been instead of exchanging with him just to you know go for the takedown. But you know he got there in the end, I suppose so. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the most impressive uh, performance, uh, in my opinion, by Vassell you know, Vassil uh, but because he could have, he could have won easier. But you know, in terms of entertainment, <laughs> it was, it was great.
0: Tremendous fight, tremendous stuff altogether. Uh, RMP got in against Adley Edwards, he went in there, yeah. and you know he did what he needed to do. Um it, yeah, uh, look, poor Adley
2: Edwards, <laughs> you know, taking done. this fight in short notice coming in, fair, fair play to him, but he got absolutely dominated. Uh, yeah. Pico's ripping the body, the head, mixing in takedowns, doing whatever he wanted with him. Just, you know, just like a grappling dummy when he wanted him to be a punching dummy, a, a striking dummy when he, like, just fucking brutalized him.
0: Yeah, he uh, was vicious ground and pound in round one was really the story that takedowns just all over whenever he wanted them. Uh He nearly got finished in round two with that left hook to the liver massive right hand in a round three Adley Edwards ended up twisting his ankle on the cage and, and Beltran came in and he stopped it Edwards thought tough as hell you know yeah. it took a lot of there, there
2: was a couple of times where Pico I thought could have went for the, the finish on the feet and you know
0: ended up, ended up yeah. going
2: for the takedown but uh, you know against higher level competition maybe that's a good idea but you know when the guy's there for the take in there you might like to see a little bit more kind of killer instinct when the, when the guy's kind of a sitting duck there but you know can't really argue with a complete domination
0: Yeah, um, I thought he t- took a few shots too now Edwards isn't a bad fighter I watched a few of his fights before and he can definitely fight so it's not like he's in there against some can or anything like that but against someone of a higher caliber even if he is dominating the fight if he's taking a couple of shots we've seen his chin before he's gotten put out but it'll, it'll be interesting to see when he does get another uh, step up in competition if not only he will hold up to it but if his chin will hold up to it too so it's, it's interesting P- Pico definitely popped back and he's definitely one of the most exciting prospects in all of MMA but also there, and it makes him exciting you know it makes him very exciting that there is that unknown like Willie. Willie, he implode Willie get Caught with a big shot, you know. Like, there's there's a lot of talk now, and and well, not a lot of talk, but they said it on the uh, broadcast about him going back and fighting the three lads he's lost to. And you know what? I actually kind of like that to be honest, even though you know Zach Freeman, who was the guy who beat yeah, him at the start, Freeman. He he lost to. He's only fought once since, and uh, he fought back in 2017 against Saied Awad. So maybe that doesn't make uh, the most sense. But you know the Adam Barrocks fight. Maybe down the line a little bit. I think the Henry Corrales fight probably makes a, a bit of sense now as well like Henry Corrales has won his last uh, his last two in a row he beat Aiden Lee and he beat Prabashenko so I think that fight next maybe makes sense I like the Pedro Carvalho fight as well if Pedro was to win in his upcoming fight in France in a couple of weeks I think that makes sense and then the, the Barracks fight as I said as well but Pico you know one of the most exciting guys in the sport and a, a uh, vicious display
2: if he fought Barracks now who would you pick?
0: oh it's an interesting fight uh, I, I'd probably pick Pico I think I think Pico's is very good. I think Barracks is very good as well. Like that it was uh the fight against Mans Burnell, wasn't it, the last time as well, where he was just like unbelievable in that fight. I didn't think like I didn't think Barrox was as good as he showed in that uh in that last fight. So it's a very even fight. It's a very interesting fight. And, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if either guy who who would you pick?
2: Oh, you know, it's a really tough one. As you said, like Aaron Pico he has shown that maybe, you know, could be a little bit chinny we haven't really seen it in the last two or three years but at the start of his career we, we saw it a little bit and barge like you know knocked him out before with a flying knee and the ground and pound after it so that might play into it as well but pico does look to have put it together um you know uh better than ever as much as he like he fight to fight he seems to be improving and you know mixing everything together really well so Oh, probably lean towards pico like you know looking at that caldwell loss on bark's rec- record the rear naked choke in the first round getting taken taken down a rear naked choke the blueprint is there you know uh i know that was what two two years ago now or a little bit a little bit more but yeah that that's a really hard fight to pick and a fight i'd like to see again
0: indeed indeed uh let's move on because otherwise we'll be here all fucking night we've 52 minutes we've talked about one card. we'd like four more cards to talk about great first of all uh, PFL are coming back uh, this week for the first of their uh, their 10 cards this year uh, I'll have a breakdown of it over in Sherdock, sure so maybe we won't go into it too much but there's some very very good fights in it call yeah. um, Stevie- Collar
2: Jeremy Stevens. yeah that's the that's, fight that yeah. stood out
0: to me I- I'm like Oh, is it the main event now? I just did a whole podcast saying it should be the main event and now apparently oh, it's after getting I fucking changed becoming the main event. <laughs> okay, well that fucking podcast is, I hope someone will be editing that but well, anyway but that's a very good fight. Uh, Don Madge versus uh, Housh Maffeo is a very, very good fight as well. Um you know, the light heavyweights are back. Antonio Carlos Jr., who won it last year, he's fighting uh, Delan Monte, Natalyn Schultz against Auburn Mercier. Schultz has won it a couple of times as well, and Menniano Sardi's on the card. Stevie fucking Ray is on this card as well. It's very, very interesting. One guy... Um, Rob, Rob Wilkinson.
2: Rob yeah. Wilkinson, yeah. He's been a, a while.
0: Very good. Yeah, gold fighters also. Yeah, tune in uh, tune in to that. Uh, I actually... I, do you know where it's on, Graham? I'm not sure. Is it on... Is it on oh, it's on um, Channel 4, isn't it? It'll be on Channel 4, so we'll be able to watch it there, so yeah that's uh that's pretty good uh next week's ufc card then uh we have amanda limos versus jessica andrage uh claudio poulos versus um clay guida tanner boz is on the card against the undefeated 15 and all alexander romanov uh macy barber is back she fights montana Della rosa sumu Dejari, who i'm a big fan of fights manel cape oh what a fucking fight that is holy shit Looking forward to to Harry Paul breaking down that one. Lando Venata against Charles Jourdain. That's a fun fight. Jordan Wright is on the card. Tyson Pedro against Ike Villanueva. Tyson Pedro feels like he hasn't fought in about 10 years. He's back. And Dean Barry against Mike Jackson. Open up the card. How much are you looking forward to Dean uh, fighting in in the OCR? You did an interview with Andy the other day. Looks in good spirits.
2: Yeah, uh, phew, yeah, you know, not really looking forward to this one, what? you know. Yeah, um, Mike Jackson just, I don't know why they really want to put this fight together, you know. Uh, Mike Jackson. It's just not a UFC He shouldn't be a UFC fighter Obviously he was brought in To, to fight CM Punk And that was a Terrible uh, <laughs> Terrible fight uh, That it went to a decision I think didn't it It yeah, did Yeah I'll never forgive no. him I'll never yeah. forgive him uh, Yeah Like Dean Barry has to just go in And destroy Mike Jackson Like There's no other option here uh, And I'm sure he, uh, Like I'm pretty confident he will But uh, I'm looking forward to Dean Barry's next fight I'm looking for I'm really looking forward to that To see You know him against somebody who's a proper MMA fighter,
0: and they accuse
2: us. No offense, you know, but yeah, it's just no offense, uh, but your uh, shit,
0: Mike. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> you know, and like Mike Jackson's a, like he, he's a nice guy. Whatever, we had some interactions with him. He he seems like a nice guy from what I've seen or whatever. But you know, why is he in the UFC? He's probably doesn't really know why, or he has some kind of some kind of. Um, you know
0: he's dirt with on Dana White
2: or something yeah, he's friends <laughs> with McManor
0: yeah, yeah.
2: but you know uh, I think he'd probably be, tell you that he's lucky to be in the UC, very lucky to be in the UC and uh, he was only brought in because of CM Punk and I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised and he's probably very surprised he's still there years later it seems like um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they wanted to put this fight on so bad, but, you know, good for Dean Barry. He gets to come into the UFC maybe a bit earlier than expected and gets to get a nice nice win here. Hopefully he's, you know, he he has to go in and finish Mike Jackson quickly. You know, Uh, if he ends up winning the decision here, I don't think, you know, I think you're going to take a lot of criticism. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Dean Barry's next fight, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Mike Jackson as well. That fight against CM Punk was actually made a no contest because... Uh he was caught for weed, I believe. After it, so uh, CM Punk is actually only 0 on one and no. <laughs> one so, uh, look, I think the reason he
2: beat that CM Punk beat that guy off the street in the gym in that, um, did, and becoming the, becoming Evolution. Yeah, Punk that was brilliant. Yeah, See, it was they, 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 they didn't even
0: name the guy, I, but uh, <laughs> I was waiting guy off Brett, street Baited Brett to watch that one. But yeah, look, I I think they wanted to give Mike Jackson one more fight and. You know, after what he did for him, I suppose they probably deserved it, but, uh, look, Dean is only 4-1 and one in his career, so, look, the matchmaking, I suppose, made sense a guy with five fights against a guy with, with two fights, both stand-up fighters, both strikers, but I think Dean Barry will have to just be on another level here against, uh, Mike Jackson, you know, okay, Dean's last fight was against some can because his original opponent, who was, like, 9-4 and four or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Pulled out late With with an injury yeah. And Dean had Two fights And I believe he agreed To well. three
2: fights in total And yeah. this was the guy That you know He disagreed yeah. to everything They offered And this was the best They could do Indeed. And he, he's he's obviously Going to fight The UC tell you Go out and get a fight And get a win And we'll put you in there You're not going to say Oh well this guy's record Isn't very good So <laughs> you know I'm going home
0: yeah. So, look, Dean is a is a very, very good striker. He's trained with GSP before. He compares himself to Wanderboy all the time. Look, his ground game is something that he's going to have to prove. He's been with Team Rhino now for... What, around about maybe six months or so munch? Uh, six months or so. he trained with uh, Owen Roddy's gym before that Um, so it'll be interesting to see those improvements and if he you know if he can stick the pace in the UFC he's at 170 as well for this he talked to Andy and he was saying like he believes he can get down to 145 it'll either be 145 155 where we see his future in the UFC but look yeah. you know Dean Dean's as
2: you said his youngest career he needs to keep his head in the game you know listen to the Andy Stevenson interview he says you know he's had been in some kind of up and down situations over the last few years and you know he was out drinking before he was meant to fight the last time and all this stuff like you can't be doing that shit now you're in the UFC that's good like you know you, you gotta train hard knuckle down not be you know doing all this other shit um you you, you can't let it go to your head you're, you're still a young fighter you got a lot to learn you know you, you may be a really talented striker but you know, the UFC, uh, okay, Mike Jackson's probably the easiest fight you could possibly get in the history of the UFC, but after that, the step up, no matter who it is, unless they bring in another guy nobody's ever heard of or something like that, which I, which I doubt they'll do, it's going to be a big step up. So he's got to knuckle down. He's got a you know use this experience to his advantage to go out there and don't mess around get the job done and get back to training as soon as possible and just try yeah. to improve and he's, he just got to improve he's so young in his career and mm-hmm. you know uh he's in the ufc earlier than he should be and earlier than you know nearly anybody gets a chance to to be in the ufc at, at five fights in or whatever so yeah he if if he knuckles down you know the sky's the limit but it's yet to be seen really
0: He's such a good fighter on the feet as well that this is a massive opportunity. You're basically going in there against, you know, with all due respect to Mike Jackson, he's a lovely guy, he's a a journalist, he's a part-time fighter, really. And, you know, you've been fighting full-time for for years now at this stage. He should be going in there trying to get this highlight reel knockout against him uh, and, you know, really put his name out there and, look, there's... There was a report During the week That the OCR Are coming to Liverpool In the summer I believe that's incorrect mm-hmm. I, I heard it was London So we'll we'll see that Maybe Dean Barry Getting back on that card If they're not coming back To Ireland uh, That probably if, really if, Should
2: be shooting at If it. you were Dean Barry And you go out there And knock out Mike Jackson In the first round Who are you calling out afterwards
0: I, It's a difficult one What do you think Like probably someone At 145 Someone at 155 Is there any names uh, You're thinking of when? Yeah, he, I, I don't know. A... Like, who
2: do you think he matches up well against? Do you think he's going to be looking for a striker kind of matchup? But it depends on what weight class he's going to be at as well. Well, like, where did the UFC want? him maybe, maybe that's something. Maybe he's not going to get to choose his weight class. You know, but
0: yeah. I'm just pulling up the the people on the uh, on the website here. What about Paddy Pimblet? What about Paddy Pimblet versus uh, Dean Barry, one fifty five? I suppose
2: you know for for Paddy Pimblet, it's probably you know people will be. Not very happy with him fighting such a kind of young, young, inexperienced fighter. I think for Paddy they kinda need to progress him to or at least make it look like they're progressing him what record about, wise. What
0: about Dean Barry versus Joy Herbert?
2: Oof, that's a tough fight for Dean Barry, I think. You
0: know, no easy fights in the UFC, Graham.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what the thinking behind this. Mike Jackson fight it. May, May Dean seems to think in the interview with Andy that he's been somebody has said to him that they have plans for him. They're going to build him. They, they see him as having a lot of potential. So maybe they I have. A route really in mind. Yeah. I really hope that's true. And you know, in the past, maybe I would have been inclined to believe it, but not that Dean's lying or anything, but that the UFC are actually planning this out because the matchmakers. Recently, we've talked about it for for years now doesn't really seem to be much of a plan going on for a lot of fighters you know maybe patty Pimbley, you mentioned there might be the exception you know when it's kind of like slapping in the face obvious that this guy has something extra kind of magnetism polarizing or, or not but you know people are paying attention to this guy obviously with Paddy Pimbley, they're going to take notice but with something like dean barry you know he's got to go out there and make it so that they think okay we got to we got to put this guy on a road because this guy has potential. He's got yeah. to go out and put some spectacular on Mike Jackson. So, you know, just go out there, get the win, and get back to training and try to improve. And you know, I don't want to put it, be a downer about it or whatever, but you know, he's not really fighting a proper mix, a proper MMA fighters. You said he's fighting a part time MMA fighter, so.
0: Yeah. Well, look we'll see how it goes and fucking pure Debbie Downer altogether. Great. Yeah, well like yeah. someone else Irish in the, in the Sorry about scene, that, yeah.
2: Dean, but uh, yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to actually fighting MMA f- like, you know. Properly, yeah. Pro- uh, proper MMA fighters.
0: <laughs> fair play. Fair play. Right. Uh two Bellator big cards as well next weekend. I really like some of the fights uh, in this uh Arlene Blinkow against Chris Cyborg Uh is headlining Bellator uh two seven uh nine, nine and that's the Haraguchi and Pachi face. mix
2: card yeah yes
0: uh <laughs> w- what do you think of Haraguchi patchy mix fight i uh, uh oh no, that's, sorry that's the first card we'll we forget about that for a second what, uh, cyber versus binko first of all like I, I went back and i watched their first fight obviously this is their uh this is their second fight um it's going to be difficult. <laughs> look, it's always going to be difficult for anyone fighting Chris Cyborg. But Blinko went into that first fight. She actually landed some nice shots. She was landing a couple of one-tues down, one down the middle. But Cyborg just battered her with leg kicks. There was just too much uh, too much offense from Cyborg and not enough for, uh, for Blinko. And I don't think she will have you know, she will have much to do for Cyborg here. Uh, look, we, we'll, we'll move past that fight because I think we all know how, how it's going to go. Um... Haraguchi Pachi mix Arculetta versus Stats Arculetta versus Stats is for the interim title, which kind of maybe is flying over some people's heads. How do you break down those two fights, Graham? What do you think? They're two very good, high level, interesting fights, aren't they?
2: Yeah, like the that Stats fight. I, I I don't know how it's going to look. Yeah. Like the Haraguchi one against Pachi mix as well. Like you know, these are fights that are, are, are I'm really kind of struggling to, to picture in my mind what 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 the fight's going to look like and that's a good thing for Belder because I don't know which way either of these going to go and you know it's great to see Hariguchi, uh back on a stateside, and you know Pachi Mix obviously was very impressive in Dublin uh, seen him close up recently so this is definitely a you know really really difficult fight for Pachi Mix I think but for Haraguchi as well it's a difficult fight and uh, Haraguchi, you know, he's been in a lot of wars at this stage, you know, how how much longer can he do it for him? I think that's going to play a factor as well. So I'm very interested in both of these fights, and uh, uh, I can't really picture how these, these fights are going to go. I don't know. Yeah. If, if, if I, I fancy
0: stats. I, I think he's wrestling mm. might be a little bit too much. Like, what the way he performed against Megamed Megamedov was just, I think it was kind of a career-changing performance, and if he can do that against anyone, I think he'll win because... He's uh, a very legitimate, very good fighter. But, yeah, uh, you but know, like you know, a good uh, fighter you know
2: Apache Mix Corrales, Eduardo Dantas, Ricky Bandejos, uh, Peral- uh, Peralta. Like, There's some good wins he has, like only losing to Pitbull and Sergio Perez by decision. you know? true, he, true, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. So, uh, I don't know if Stotts will have it all his own way in terms of the wrestling, you know. He, uh, Archuleta's been in there with some really top guys uh, over, the, over the past, what, f- three and a half years. You know, this is... I don't know. I don't know how this fight is going to look.
0: Interesting. I think. Uh, look. I think if Haraguchi shows up and he's at his best, I think he'll be Patchy mixed But you know, where is as you said, where is Haraguchi in his career? He got a very big knockout. at You know, the tail end of last year. That's not too far away. Now Pachi doesn't hit that hard, and I don't think he's the best in the world uh, on the stand up. But he's good on the ground. He's good submissions and everything like that. Only one loss in his career it'll be an interesting fight. I think that'll be fun more than anything else I think it'll be very fun it's five rounds as well which I kind of half forgot so we're seeing f- f- three five round fights on that card which will be big Alima Leigh McFarlane obviously in, these cards are in Hawaii as well one on Friday one on Saturday if I'm not mistaken uh, she's fighting Justine Kish and that's a big fight if she wins that she'll probably be for the title again maybe back in Hawaii Janae Harding she's 6-5 and five in her career but she could absolutely be next in line for the title as well uh, if she wins there especially with Cyber in the main event one of the best up and comers in Bellator Lance Gibson Junior is on the card Justin Gonzalez at 12-1 and fighting the hometown guy Kai Kamaka Guy Yamauchi, Uh Yamauchi
2: Madeiros. Manuel Sanchez yeah. really hidden down the, that's the a, prelims that's it's a, a fun strange.
0: fight a very very fun fight you yeah, I thought covering? that'd
2: be high, higher up the card Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one again I'd probably go with Manuel San- uh, Sanchez yeah, Yancy hasn't been fighting
0: much lately yeah I <laughs>
2: He he's a hard one to go at like he 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 can be inconsistent and even when he's on his game, I've never really rated him as, as highly as maybe others have. But um Emmanuel Santos is another guy who maybe is a bit inconsistent as well. But if you look at Yancey's recent record, you know, getting finished by Cerrone finished by Gregor Gillespie, lost by decision to Vanata and Adzovic So yeah, hasn't been going well. Like his last win was what, five years ago nearly, against Alex Oliveira. So yeah, I think maybe Emmanuel Sanchez should win this one, but I, I'm surprised to see it so far down the card on the prelims. On yeah. so early on the prelims,
0: indeed. Uh, Beltor two seven eight as well as uh, a pretty good card. Juliana Velasquez takes on Liz Carmouche. Like Velasquez had won the best fights of last year against uh, Denise Kilo, For me, I really enjoyed that fight, and she beat uh, Leila McFarland. So, but this is a very this- different test for her, isn't it? It's like Carmouche is tough. Tough, yeah. hard-nosed fighter. Velasquez is a I think, person who moves on the outside and wants a kind of a free-flowing fight. But Carmouche won't make it. That
2: yeah, I think I think Carmouche is a bit kind of from another from the last generation. You know, I think. Any kind of top fighter is gonna beat her, and you know Velasquez has to go out there and prove that she's gonna. She's kind of the prospect that that she seems to be, and that she's been talked of as being, you know, a split decision. Okay, but she got the win and remained undefeated in, in her last fight, and she beat McFarland and you know uh, Brunel, and so she's got some good wins on her record. But uh, yeah, I think Carmouche uh, is a bit you know a bit from the last era she's she, she hasn't really evolved with the sport and Velasquez if if she's as good as uh, she's we kind of think she is I think she should go out there and you know win this pretty handily
0: yeah I, I would think I think she's very good and I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, Lugo,
2: Lugo's uh, that's, Sabatello. that's, Sabatello. that's a great fight
0: like Jarnel Lugo I was very impressed with him against Brian Moore very close fight but he's a you know a top top fighter, and that is that's the fight to decide who gets into the tournament, isn't it? So that's a massive fight there. It's a must win for for of i looking forward to seeing that uh, Enrique Barzola against Nikita Mikhailov. Uh, that's one of those as well, isn't it? To decide who gets into the tournament. So that's that's also a big one. Uh, Weber Almeida's on the card. Uh, Eric Perez as well. After a while out, he's back in. Zach's saying this guy Tafik Musayev. Graham, click on Tafik Musayev. Let's look at some of the guys this guy has fought. Patricky yeah, Pitbull, Johnny you know. Case, Damian Brown, Darren Crookshank. He's fought some very, very good guys. This is his Bellator debut. He lost his last fight in Risen, yeah. uh back in the middle of last year. I watched some of his before fights.
2: that though. You know, He's he looked good. he has four losses on his record, but three of those losses were in his first seven fights. So he yeah. got off to like a, a four and three kind of rocky start. But he, he went on a serious streak up until the uh, Roberto D'Souza triangle loss and you know a win over pitbull and at risen and johnny case damian brown crew shank there's some really good wins over you know that's 2019 he put together it was was serious and you know he had a year and a half out before he lost that, that fight so maybe a, a bit of rustiness uh played into that and getting back in there quickly against, quicker against the zach zane may play to him and play to his advantage but yeah he he looks uh looking at his record he looks like he's a serious uh, prospect yeah. you know he's 32 100%. now so he's probably coming into his prime
0: 100 uh right but before we go graham we, we have to mention this week the, the daniel getting stuff that came out because look we mentioned on the podcast before it's it's obviously more of a, a boxing uh thing when we talk about sports obviously it's more of a, a crime and a a general fucking thing uh but in the sports realm um you know people have seen the news now so it's not by me to, uh, saying it but uh, the, there's been 5 million MTK yeah dollars put on he said now he so look there's better people to explain this to me but MTK was founded by Kinahan back in the day. He left in twenty seventeen, I think it was, but I saw Bob Aram did an interview with the mirror today and he came out and said Daniel Kinhan is absolutely still running MTK. And now that's his words, not mine. Uh and you know there was Probellum as well. Everyone's saying he's not involved in Probellum yet. There was a picture out in Pakistan uh with uh, one of the I think it was a minister or something there and they said they were having a meeting with Probellum and Kinhan was in it. So he's look, he's Involved in boxing, Tyson Fury talked about him as his um, his advisor and everything like that. And he's involved in MMA as well. You know, we've seen Darren Till. I think Andy put out the names of the eight Irish guys that are signed with him. Some some very very good fighters. It's time for those guys to uh, to leave now. I think um, you if you're signed with MTK. Um, if you're fighting in any of the probellum ones or anything like that, your name is associated with this guy who has a 5 million bounty on his head by the US government for the alleged crimes that he's committing for the, the worldwide fucking pain that he has caused to normal fucking human beings.
2: Uh, allegedly, 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 yeah. Well, yeah,
0: no, <laughs> the, the, the bounty is not alleged. The bounty is there, and that's why they said they have it. And I, I was listening to uh, second captains talk about it as well, um, and they were, uh, you know, they were saying that the the Drew Harris, the Guard Commissioner, and the other people as well didn't want to name him before, but were very happy to name him uh, this week. So you know if you're a fighter you need to think about your reputation okay it might be good money it might be all of that but is that money worth that reputational damage that and those questions that are going to be asked down through the years we've seen this week uh this week michael Conlan has very much distanced himself from it they in that article i mentioned earlier in the mirror there's talks of tyson fury seeking legal advice and everything like that people are backing out at a rate of knots and if you're an mma fighter signed by mtk it's probably time for you to do the same i think um it's not a good look and this is boxing and all as well Thank Thankfully, his reach into MMA hasn't gotten too far yet. I know there has been a few Probellum fights, and there's a few guys signed to uh, MTK. Even Munir Lazes, you know, he had a picture up with uh, with Daniel Kinnan on his Instagram. He's fighting. Obviously, we haven't we're recording this beforehand, but he's fighting on Saturday night as well. So. He is involved in MMA, and hopefully he won't be for too much longer. Because what what was came out uh, during this week was was really really uh, really bad, and we don't want someone like that associated with, with MMA. Graham, anything to say, it, on, on, Graham, other than what I said there?
2: No, I think you, you summed it up pretty well there. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I kind of didn't, re- wasn't really paying attention to the situation, and when when as you said, when Andy posted uh, the kind of list of the fighters or. The, were linked with in the past or signed to now and yeah um uh, i agree with you and i'd recommend that you kind of move away from that as quickly as possible and try to find a new representation or just just distance yourself from it anyway because yeah you don't want to be caught in the in the backlash and as you know as you said it's, it's it's i think you summed it up pretty well like you know it's 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 uh if there's a five million bounty on somebody uh, and and yeah, I think it's not just him, is it, is it three people in yeah, total? Is f- it, is five
0: million it? each for three different yeah, people, One, so his it is, father and I think it's some other associate and it, with
2: him as well There's an unprecedented kind of UK, Irish and American police and FBI and all that press conference going on so yeah, I think, you know, there's pretty serious stuff and yeah. obviously these fighters aren't involved in any of that kind of stuff but you know, you don't want to be Associated even with with the name and with the with the group, and yeah it's yeah, not too late it's just Bad for, news.
0: I don't think it's too late either for those guys because, it's like, no, it's up, not. Up, up, up yeah, up 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 they, they haven't done point, any of this. No, no, this no. Stuff, no absolutely, you know, yeah. absolutely. Up until this point, you you could have played it after you don't know, and he's not associated with, it and all of this. That point is now passed. Uh, now, now is the point that you cannot play dumb anymore, or even not necessarily even play dumb. You to to uh, you know um to to not be fully aware of what's going on. You you can't both be fully aware of it now and uh yeah it's it's time but time is that time will quickly pass as well and people i think people have a decision to make and they need to be making it uh pretty quickly honestly so look that's as, as strong as a thing as i suppose as we can say and hopefully uh you know his reach into boxing especially boxing like it's way worse for boxing but in mma as well is uh is not too long more live because it's been there for too long been way way too long there so um you know, hopefully, hopefully this is the beginning of the end. Um, right, Graham. Uh, thank you very much for all of that chat. Let's throw it over to Sean Sheehan and Ian O'Neill to talk about the UFC. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. E. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, and Ian joins me here as we look back on maybe the shittiest UFC card of the year. It was it was absolutely awful. The low point, though, without a shadow, of it, myself and Graham, were just talking about the whole uh, Kinnahin situation there, Ian. I know you haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure you'll hear it back. Um... Absolutely awful stuff. Munir Lazes came out and named and tanked Daniel Ginning in the cage afterwards. Um, we're recording literally the card has finished two minutes ago, so we haven't heard from Dana White or anything yet. A brilliant job by Alan Dawson, the journalist. If you're not following him, please follow him. He questioned Munir Lazes about it, and that dirty coward uh bootlicker avoided all the questions and everything like that he, w- he was brave enough to say the name but when he was asked about it he was wasn't willing to uh to back it up so yeah, if, yeah strange,
1: strangely enough he wasn't yeah. able to talk about the own statement that he made yeah was, uh, i couldn't believe it to be but honest
0: myself and graham were talking about it ian about how it's not too late for some fighters you know if you were signed with mtk or if you've been associated with kin in the past this is the time you need to jump ship. This is the time you need to not make yourself look bad. This is a great example for them fighters. Look at the reaction. Go online and look at the reaction Munir Lezéz is getting from all around the MMA media, the boxing media. I'm sure he'll wake up in the morning and the Irish media who've never even heard of Munir Lezéz will be absolutely slating him. This for any fighter, an Irish fighter or a boxer or an MMA, whatever you are. This is what you don't want. This is the reputational damage that you don't want. And I think a lot of people won't see Mulriar Lazes as the same ever again. So you know, myself and Graham have talked a lot about it. There's no point uh, staying on it anymore. We we we've definitely done our due diligence on on, on that one anyway, but um Horrendous Horrible stuff From from Moon Near Lizards And like Maybe people outside of Ireland I saw loads of people On Twitter Like maybe not understanding it And going What are you talking about And oh this is MMA journalists Just getting mad again I think anyone in Ireland Or anyone who's read up In this situation Knows exactly why I think a lot of people Are fucking horrified By this It was was actually incredible Like we'll move on from this Because we have a few more Things to talk about We don't want to be here all night But were you as
1: incredulous As I was when you heard that? I was, like, I couldn't believe it. I thought I was uh, hearing things, to be honest, and the fact that DC was walking away and he pulled him back to say that as well is kind of doubling down on it. And, you know, it has to be said that, you know, um Shimaev gave a shout-out to kadirov last week as well in Russian that kind of slipped through the cracks as well. So you have two events in a row where, you know, people, uh, big fighters in the UFC are, are calling out... uh like dictators or people that are, that are allegedly uh, connected to crime, uh, crime gangs and everything like that. I mean, it's, 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 you know, we, we love mixed martial arts, but unfortunately when things like this happen, it's really, really disappointing. A hundred percent. I'm glad you said that as well, because it, we, I talked about
0: it last, week like, briefly. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or it was on Twitter. That we were like, oh, we don't want the translator for that one. And it was at least with, Shimayev, he left it a bit vague. He called him brother, and people, you know, he's called him brother online and stuff. But Lazeez tonight, there was no no piece of of it being vague whatsoever. He named him by name, and then stood by it as well afterwards. Well, stood by it in a in a very cowardly way afterwards as well. Like, I don't think anyone uh, who knows about the situation could look at Munir Lazeez after that and uh, have any time for him anyway. Afterwards, so look, we'll. Uh, Hopefully, there'll be more about it. Hopefully, as I said, as we we're speaking, Dana White will be asked about it. But he's just going to avoid the question. Dana White probably doesn't even know about it, honestly. But uh, hopefully, he's uh, he will get to know about it. And uh, it's it's something he won't be able to avoid if, if this keeps going on. But look, hopefully, it's something we can all avoid. Hopefully, that Kinnahin is out of our sport. Because um, look at what he's done to boxing. Awful. We don't want that here. And, and this is the sort of thing we have to stand up against. Uh, and uh, we, we can't let it go on, we can't let it go on. So, and if you're probably thinking, oh, stick to sport and everything like that, well, say that to the to the people on the streets of Dublin and all over the world who've suffered because of, of lads like him. Say that to them, you know, uh, to, to stick to sport. You can't do that. And when he, uh, Munir Lazes is glorifying him in the way he did. Awful, absolutely awful. But Anyway, we'll move on and we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about the rest of the card. I'm not going to talk about his, his fight, I, I don't. I don't want to talk about his fight to be honest we, we leave that and um, as well as good as uh, Os- um, as Alan Dawson was I thought Oscar from the Mac Life going and asking him about his fight after he requested it was awful absolutely awful as well I, abs- terrible I thought that was absolutely terrible and I think I don't know anything about him I, I'm, he's a good guy I think he's a good journalist and all, like or, well not journalist a media member uh, interviewer or whatever it might be but that was awful I think as well by him but um Anyway, we we'll, we'll talk about the card. We, I must also remember, uh, we must remind you about the Zoom, and we we will talk about that in a second. But I feel like maybe it's not the the right time now. Ian, a pretty bad card overall. Um, I suppose started off with Alating Haley getting that beautiful knockout, but then we had three decisions in a row. Sam Hughes Estella Nunes, not the greatest fight. Jordan levitt and not the greatest fight. And then we had the technical decision. Obviously, we'll get to that in a second. Well, anything from those first three fights? Anything, Hilly? I suppose he was a standout.
1: Yeah, he was really good. And uh, he got the card off to a great start. with uh, uh, it landed a lovely overhand right uh, in probably what was the first exchange of the fight and followed up with a flurry of shots. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's a good guy. I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Hopefully, he gets a little bit of shine further up the card next time out. Um, I was really impressed with Hughes in the second fight. You know, she didn't have, uh, have it her own way in round one. She got some excellent corner advice in between round one and round two. And an excellent cornering throughout the fight just to add a little bit of pressure to her game. And, you know, she pulled it out of the bag in rounds two and rounds three and rightfully got the decision there, too. So, you know, her back was against the wall. She was on a losing streak there. I think she had lost her last three fights coming into this one and she couldn't afford to lose this. So so credit to her for, for pulling it out of the bag there. Um, But I, I have to give credit to her corner team there, too, big time as well.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, The Levitt versus Nunes fight, uh, or sorry, Levitt versus Ogden fight, uh a split decision, Jordan Levitt we ended up winning it. I had a two rounds to one as him as well. So not a not a great fight. Trey Ogden didn't didn't fight it's, that it, well. It was
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's bad know. when the talking point of that fight was Levitt's dance moves at the end of it. And you his know, arse so.
0: almost falling out. that was that fight <laughs> yeah. too, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was the, the best of it. Uh, <laughs> well He deserved
1: to get the win. I had a twenty nine,
0: twenty-eight too. <laughs> Me too. Not one to write home about. Um We'll get to the Bader fight in a second. Rafa Garcia got a good win over Jesse Ronson. He ended up getting the rear naked choke in the second. And Dracar Close absolutely destroyed Brandon Jenkins. Massively overmatched. Called out Marco Madsen afterwards. I like that call out. So that that'd be a good fight.
1: Gr- it uh, was vintage. It was vintage. Drakkar Close it was great it to was. see him back in there. You know, when we were doing the preview show, it completely slipped by me that he hadn't fought since the incident with Jeremy Stevens, where he kind of hurt himself with that push and um it's good to see him back there healthy and uh, he looks like the Dracar close of old which is great to see and uh, i love that marco madsen fight too he's a devastating fighter and he was
0: a guy who was well i think he was ranked if i'm not mistaken before he had that incident you know you said you you hurt he hurt himself but it was fucking jeremy Stevens that hurt him you know and jeremy's fighting uh next week as well against uh clay collard and pfl so, that's a, that's a fun fight. Myself and Graham briefly spoke about spoke about that earlier on. But, uh, yeah, good to see Dracar close back. And, hopefully, he can uh, stay fit and well and keep going in that light at division. Uh, so, the Boudet-Barnett fight. Look, Boudet was dominating the fight. Won the first two rounds, pushing him against the fence. Barnett couldn't land much. He had a broken rib, he said, between rounds. Um, and then we had the technical decision after winter went to no contest basically and we went to the cards because it was past the third round um, what happened was there was a clinch against the cage as the mo- most of the fight was Barnett had his hands up against his head trying to protect himself um, Boudet was kind of on his back but with both feet on the ground and kind of riding him out in a standing position and Boudet threw an elbow to the head of Barnett as Barnett had his hands up and was facing into the cage. Uh, it was called an illegal elbow um, and it went to the cards because of the past three rounds and they ended up winning the fight uh, by the cards. Now, some people were calling for a disqualification because they believed the bout was ended by uh, an illegal blow. Other people were saying. Barnett was kind of playing it up. In the hope that he'd get a disqualification. And that it wasn't actually like the, the one that uh, ended the fight. I myself haven't gone back and watched it a good few times. now. I thought it was a legal blow. And I thought well, they should have won by a... Uh, by K- uh, TKO KO. It definitely wasn't a 12-6 to 6 elbow anyway. You go back and watch it. It came from an angle. A 12-6 to 6 elbow literally has to be from 12 on the clock to 6 on the clock straight down with the bottom of the elbow part into the person, wherever it hits him on the head. If it's, you know, you could hit him on the nose and it'd be a- a- an illegal strike, never mind on the back of the head. But it wasn't that. It was definitely came from an angle. Uh, and for me, it hit... The uh, it didn't hit the Mohawk part of the head. So for it to be an illegal strike, it has to hit from you know the spine up to the Mohawk of the head, from the top of the head to the back with the with the Mohawk as you know Chuck Liddell have or whatever. And to me, I didn't get hit the side. Uh, The side to the back of the head Now if it hits any legal part of the head It's a legal shot And also if the head is moving And it hits the back of the head It's also still a legal shot So you can punch someone in the back of the head As long as their head has moved into that punch The back of their head has moved into it I... It's hard to see where it landed because Barnett was covered up, because it was against the cage, because it was in such a small way. But I think the the so angle they showed from the side. Line. Yeah, very borderline. The angle they showed from the side, I think, shows that you uh it was going towards the side of the head, and I don't it definitely didn't land flush on the back of the head anyway, I don't think. I know you've kind of gone back and forth now. What what's your call on it?
1: Uh, I, I I do what I I normally do and uh, reacted immediately and emotionally straight after the shot without <laughs> looking wife. at so and, I. I was like, "Chris, square. get
0: the DQ, get the DQ."
1: <laughs> I was like, "It's a, a legal elbow and a legal shot." I was fucking calling in the MMA cops, but you know, I looked at it back and it is borderline. I think. <sighs> I think it hit the soft part if you feel the back of your head do you have a soft part at the end of your your skull i think it hit there and i think getting hit there is not in my opinion it's an illegal shot it's not a nice place to get hit and i think i was talking to you about the forearm probably hitting further across the back of the head but uh you that makes it legal him. yeah yeah you you rightfully said that the fact that one part would have hit outside the mohawk makes the other party relevant so i understand that but i think you know what no matter where it landed um it was called an illegal shot and you know we'll probably talk about the Comey main event too and uh, it's just so confusing i i know it is what it is and it's down to the judgment of of the ref and and the rules but like when you land an illegal shot and if it's called unintentional or if it's called intentional like i mean pretty much every shot you throw inside the cage is intentional, really, you know, but uh, it doesn't seem right to me where you can land in a legal shot like that and, and, and be rewarded with a victory to be honest.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll get to the one later on why that is different but, look, this, uh, I, I said it, uh, as it was happening that they were going to make this a no contest because they always make these no contest. It's very hard to gauge intention, you know. Everyone, look, as you said, every time you throw a punch the intention is to knock them out or hit them you know connect with the punch but every time you throw a punch could could you say that it's uh an intentionally to hit into an illegal part of their body well you probably say no because if they do that and they're caught you know they get disqualified or whatever so but you know some people can do it on purpose you don't know It's, it's it's a gray area it's impossible to say intention so I'm actually okay with them siding with the fighter and, you know, not saying that uh, they they threw an illegal shot on purpose. So, look, this is the way... Uh, the one thing about it, right? It's consistent. The way they do this is very consistent, I think. And this was different to the one later. We'll get to the one later. But if this happened ten times... I think ten times they would probably go to the cards like this. The fact, look, the fact that it do was past three
1: rounds. Do they have the um the chance to look back at the video uh, replay yeah. and just yeah? And they did that. I I'm assuming they did that tonight. I, yeah, there wasn't.
0: They, they did. But like uh, the same with all of them. When the ref makes the call, they very rarely go back on it unless it's you know clear and obvious. It definitely wasn't clear and obvious. Like. My, my thing in it, where I look at it, and I know you've gone back and gone back and looked at it again, it was one of those ones where it was very borderline, you know, Dan Margata had a better view, if he says it was illegal, may, you know, maybe it was illegal, but I think a, a part of it hit a legal spot and made the shot legal, and look, Dan said the head was moving as well, so... It it was one of those. It was just one of those. It was unfortunate. Barnett definitely and an, an
1: unintentional illegal shot was like, you know, which I was kind of a little bit up in arms about it. But like, I think it's more so in what you were saying is the fact that when there is a lot of movement, when the head is moving in different ways, and we've seen that time and time again. You know, especially when you're trying to land shots on the ground, and you're trying, other fighters are trying to scramble or move to position. It's very hard to place your shots. But uh, and I think that more so will stand the test in this fight more so than the co-main which you'll probably talk about absolutely like
0: it can happen as well like imagine you're standing uh, backwards to me and i gotta kick you up the arse right i got which is a legal shot in mma but as i'm kicking you you turn and i kick you directly in the balls right well i went to kick you in the arse but i've hit you with an illegal shot by kicking you in the balls but it wasn't intentional was it? You know, that's kind of what happened here. So I threw the shot with all the good intentions in the world, but unfortunately, it hit you right in the baby maker, and that was that in the fight at the end. So that that's kind of what happened here, but with a more absurd version. That's so, up. And anyway, you know, we move
1: on from that. Um, I have to say again, no, Barnett definitely played it up like he could have definitely did. Definitely and and look up. about him as well. You know, a fun guy, a fun fighter, a ball of energy, but. Really not up to standard. How before. dare you? he's not, sorry. He needs to fight not, William Knight. That's that's the yeah, fight, that he's Let's not be throwing him in there with any serious competition because terrible just, Yeah, terrible. just put him in there in fun fights, and because look at he he didn't really offer too much, but I, you know, deserved the win, and he. It, I'm a fortunate for him. i kind of tainted his win a little bit because he performed well, and but yeah, Barnett on the feet wasn't great wasn't comfortable in the clinch he was kind of just winging his punches and kind of looking for a a lucky punch and uh look at this match him up correctly and and we'll have a bit of fun with him but yeah it won't be any making any great waves in the heavyweight division i don't think yeah uh while we're here as well now let me remind you a bit of time is fast monday
0: 8 p.m over on Patreon, I will be putting up the link. We're doing the Zoom, the probably the last time ever because you know the Rona has gone now and everything. The fact it's a fact, it's a bank holiday Monday. Uh, people will be at home probably even at, maybe after having a few drinks on the weekend Let get yourself six cans sit down with us we're going to have a bit of crack we're going to have a bit of chat we're going to have a bit of talk I feel I feel like we should throw out a few names should we throw out a few names we try let's, name, to drop, let's yes. name drop a few I, okay so Sean Sheehan be the biggest name that'll be there uh, Ian O'Neill. yourself Ian O'Neill uh, Andy will be there Graham hopefully be there you never know what Graham um Oban Elliot will be there he he's going to come on for a while I think Cal Eleanor is coming on as well isn't he Artem Labov is going to be on um, there's a couple more as well like, there's one name there's one actually there's one pretty cool UFC name who has, who has said that he's going to come on but it's I, no, I don't want to say it I don't want to say it in case he doesn't yeah, we come we on we have
1: so. to keep a few surprises we and, have to keep uh, a few
0: surprises there will be surprises There. Spencer Kyle will be there as well obviously so you can come on ask us questions talk to us we'll all be on the Zoom there's only going to be 50 people in it so first come so first served you have to be a Patreon member you have to be there at 8 o'clock there's going to be no recording this is not going to be posted afterwards you have to be there live to see it we did 3 or 4 before and I think Harry Williams put it well and goes these will go down in history and there were there were some great moments
1: um, as well last, believe- last one ever is it hashtag last, last uh, ever. severe MMA zoom call retirement,
0: retirement.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so be there at 8 o'clock
0: 8 o'clock Irish time 3pm Eastern time it's gonna be it's gonna be great fun. I actually have to buy cans tomorrow at Alvarez. so it's gonna be I, I might uh, even have
1: a few cans myself. Ah
0: beautiful. Moment.
1: Beautiful. It'll be three o'clock in the day. No, two o'clock in the day for you. i will be yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be coming out with the zoom call day drunk on a, <laughs> on a Monday evening. <laughs> <Sure> <laughs> not. Why not? Sure
0: <laughs> why, not? Sure why not? Right, be there everyone. That's patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast or if you go to severe MMA.com forward slash patreon P A T. R E O N. Also, no Q and A this week because I'm spending my time doing that, and I only have so much time in the week. So we'll be we'll stand for around two hours. You know, we're gonna have a great chat. If you have any questions for us, any questions for any of the fighters, a few different media members and stuff there. If you've any of the questions for the Q and A, you can ask me on there if you if you feel like as well. You can join in. You can just sit back and listen. Whatever you want to do, we'll be having the crack anyway, and uh, we'll we'll make the best of it. And we'll have a we'll have a great time. So these, as I said, they went down and. Folklore and Severo, man This one uh, I have a feeling This one will be good as well We have a few good characters coming So I'm looking forward to uh, i looking forward to seeing this Right Back to the card uh, Panny out Against Lena Landsberg Panny ended up winning The unanimous decision here uh, It was a good Good fight This was probably the best fight On the card I know the, uh, the Buena Silva Jan uh, Unan Fight, one fight at night, I believe I just saw, but I, I think I would have given it to this. Uh, Landsberg she immediately pulled the fight into the clinch again, as she always seems to do, uh, but Kienz had enough for her. They both kind of got bloodied She held her own quite well in the she clinch. She is good in the clinch, though, isn't yeah. she? Like, and I, yeah, I thought she did is. enough to win the fight to do too Definitely,
1: did. I did too. I, I scored a 29 28, and uh, Kienz had winning round one and round three. Landsberg taking the second round. She hurt. Her with a, a nice elbow in round two, Landsberg did, but uh, Kianzad kind of just fought her fight in the third round and took the the, the decision rightfully.
0: Uh, she didn't need. After I, I just spilled half a bottle of water all over my fucking keyboard here, so it's you know if anything goes on fire, ending just say thank God I have a desktop now and I don't have a fucking laptop anymore, so I'm good. But um, yeah, that was a it was a good fight anyway. And Keenzad goes on Devon Clark as well. He got. A big finish over William Knight, uh, devastatingly finished him. Although William Knight hit him hard a couple of times as well. Um I honestly I can't remember what happened in this fight. What what happened? Go on, tell us Ian. Good finish.
1: It was um it was William Knight coming on. He almost tried to decapitate um he tried to decapitate Devin Clark in round one with uh, with a guillotine. Um hurt him with a knee kind of in a little bit of a flurry in round one um devon clark kind of came back got the fight down later in the fight um was kind of dominating on the mat a little bit knight looked to be tiring out a little bit and uh, round three and landed an absolute devastating right elbow and followed it up with a left hook and uh and another few punches after that and and just what knocked william knight out in round three it was a really good yeah. knockout good. and a really good uh, those two guys are uh natural light heavyweights the, this was a short notice fight they both decided not to cut weight and william knight came in at like 251 uh pounds nice. and that was like <laughs> what a man we we're talking about him lifting colossal weight but you know lifting colossal weight doesn't help your chin unfortunately when you're taking shots so we found that out tonight
0: indeed uh, not talking about the next fight in Pat Sabatini against TJ Army. I, I actually thought TJ Army did a lot better here than I expected and still basically got destroyed over three rounds um, I think you were very much on the Pat Sabatini inside the distance
1: uh, oh, I like, was trend. the less said about that, the better. Now, I think,
0: because... <laughs> he almost got the
1: submission in the first round, didn't he? he, was, he I'm never betting it. on MMA again, anyway. Unless <laughs> that be said,
0: <laughs> that's me every time I bet on MMA. Who was it earlier? Oh, I bet on fucking oh, you want to finish Roxanne Madeviri? I, I put a hundred quid in her. Oh my
1: god! Ah, stop! Oh, uh, stop! You're after having that. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm I, I'm after missing three big ones now, so. Yeah, maybe. I just MMA is the absolute worst to be betting on. So, uh, please bet uh, gamble responsibly, Indeed, everybody. Although yeah. I give out,
0: <laughs> don't listen to me.
1: Don't
0: <laughs> uh, no, listen to me. Although I give out a few winners, these are uh, uh, you're not, too bad, not to now, my, too bad. My now. betting show is actually doing but pretty that, well. Uh,
1: like, like you said, look, we were probably be basing our opinion off uh, Laramie's previous performances but he came in and he looked a lot more solid there um, tonight um, because it was his first fight in in almost two years so obviously he's been in and and he's putting the grind on and and adding new layers to his game and you know like you said he did look better but he was massively outclassed by Pat Sabatini tonight and uh, Sabatini should get a ranked opponent next he deserves a ranked opponent. He, I, he's a training partner of Sean Brady, so I, uh, I am still high on him. It was a good performance, but I guarantee you he'll be disappointed not to have gotten the yeah. finish tonight. But uh, very uh, looking forward to seeing seeing his next fight again. Very solid fighter. He
0: reminds you a bit of Brady in you know, the way he fights. Very strong, and high. I think he's a better submission artist. Maybe even than Brady. Uh, maybe not as good on the feet, but still very good all around. And looking forward to seeing. What he does uh, in his uh, in his career to to going forward, um, Wu Yanan, then um, against Maria Bona Silva. I actually missed the first
1: round of this, but I believe Bonner Silva won it. Did she? Yeah, I, I she thought... landed much much heavier, uh, much heavier shots in round mm-hmm. one, and 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 hurt uh, Wu Yanan. She dropped her with a shot as well. Um, Wu Yanan, she. She comes forward and she lands her shots but she doesn't land them with any great impact and and that was what was happening in the first round and any of the exchanges that were happening it was bueno silva that was coming out the better and landing the more impactful shots and obviously when she dropped going and Anne, um that's obviously going to score well on the judges scorecard so in my opinion bueno silva took round one pretty easily uh, uh, the two and three were pretty close though yeah, I mean, like we've we, we seen before she does come on and she does get better as the fight goes on, but she seems to leave herself too much to do. And, uh, you know, her back is against the wall now as well. I mean, I think that's her, what's that, her third straight loss as well. She's only 25. She has a long way to go, but, you know, I don't know. Will she be given another chance in the UFC now? It's very hard to see, but uh, Bueno Silva made the move up from 125 to 135 pounds Uh, I was interested to see how she was going to perform at that way. I felt that she was a little bit gun-shy at 125, but maybe due to the weight cut and the lack of confidence in her cardio, maybe, but, you know, she opened up a lot tonight, but still tired out towards the end of the fight as well. So it's definitely something that she's going to have to work on uh, to kind of, if she is to progress through the, the 135 pound division.
0: Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Buenos Silva, to be honest. I I don't like her style. I don't think, I don't think it's a style that will go far, to be honest. And she could, I thought she could have lost this fight uh, in the second and third base and on that alone. But she did win one. Of the, I'm not sure which one actually. I haven't seen the scorecards, but she won one of those rounds and. Uh, you know, I, there wasn't much in the time. So I'm not complaining too much, but and also, you, Wu Yinan was one of my bets of the week. I didn't actually bet on her, but it was one of my bets of the week. So maybe I'm a little bit biased there. But plus three fifty, she didn't. Start, she certainly didn't look plus three fifty in that one. Anyway. Andre Good, Filho good against, value for money uh, anyway. Even though she lost, so she's not really... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to pick you up there. Thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, Miguel Baeza, Andre Filho. This, you know, myself and Harry, we had a bit of a, a to and fro about this in the previous show. And you know what? I think we both turned out to be wrong by the way this fight went. Now, me more so than him, I, I will be honest about that. Because the guy who I thought was good got knocked out. But the reason I thought he was good and the reason Harry thought ...he was not good... ...actually wasn't evident in this fight at all... ...but he a fought a completely different game... ...he's usually like a straight stand-up... ...jab you... ...you know... ...very good defensively... ...stays in the same sort of position all the time... ...which is an unusual style for him. ...but today... ...he came out completely differently... ...he was switching stances... ...he was throwing high kicks... ...he was varying his strikes... ...and it felt like he was trying to vary his defence... ...to such a point... That he was kind of just falling over himself and not knowing what he was doing. It felt like he saw what Harry saw, thought, I need to change that up, you know, rightly or wrongly, did change it up and ended up getting himself viciously knocked out because of it. it. He just felt like he was a guy who decided like five minutes before the fight to change his game plan and fight in a different way altogether. I thought it was bizarre I think he needs to get back to what brought him to the dance uh, in his next fight or it could go badly wrong now may- maybe I'm wrong maybe like, he will fight that I, way up I, I up kind of saw
1: that and, too though yeah. I mean, Fialio fought Michelle Pereira in his first fight and Pereira kind of fought similarly enough to the way Beleza tried to fight tonight Great, Mike, but, yeah that's true Yeah, uh, and I I thought that it was detrimental to him because he, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I know. Look at he's had lost his last two, but he was competitive in those two fights before he kind of lost them. And like to, to to go in and to try and fight the fight, he tried to fight tonight against Fiallo. And and range like get into range of someone that possesses such big power it was a massive error. And you know, for a guy like Beza who had such promise, is now. Has lost his last three fights, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see what's next for him. Um, but Fiallo, uh, Greg very Thomas. good fighter, too. Good. And yeah, he's a very good fighter. He impressed me tonight, too. You know, he was doing two things that he didn't do in that fight against Pajera, and that was he was up on his toes. I, I felt that. He was a bit flat footed against Bajera, although he was good with his footwork, but he was up on his toes a lot more and he was throwing kicks too. He didn't throw one kick against Bahera, but he opened up tonight with a kick and uh, I was glad to see that. So it means that he's recognizing what he needs to change too and uh, he'll be happy to get that win. It was a good knockout. It was a vicious knockout and it was a good stoppage by the ref.
0: That guy is a very talented fighter very very talented and i i watched a bit of him before the pahaya fight when he was fighting was he fighting uae warriors or somewhere like that I um think. and i i remember thinking like pahaya is not gonna have an easy night and he didn't and i i think a lot of his and the fact that he was able to knock out by as well two tough matchups to start off your career. You know, no no uh, easy matchmaking for Fialo. I think, Fi- I think
1: Fialo came in at short notice to take on Pereira at that did, time. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, so I, that's where we're probably seeing some of the differences tonight where He faded a little bit in that Pihara fight. Um, We didn't get to see him going that long tonight, I guess. He had the fight finished in round Mm -hmm. one, but I'm really excited to see him and how he does in the welterweight division. 100%. Uh,
0: The coming event in Cowbahaglia against Gadzi Omra Gadziev, brilliant performance from Bahalio. This was uh, another... uh, technical decision before we get to that let's just talk about the performance because Omar Gadziev took him down at one stage in early in the first round and I was kind of thinking oh well here we go the Russian wrestler is taking down the Brazilian Karateka but what I didn't realise and I, I I said it on one of the previews I think I just forgot it because he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and I didn't realize it was a Brazilian Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt who has spent eight years training with Damien Maya. I didn't know that part, uh, and it fucking showed when the fight yeah, went be to the handy ground. To know that would be handy to know that, yeah. But I, I did. I didn't I went, know that either. I went back and I watched like as many of these fights as I could, and I looked him up. I didn't find any of that, like. But anyway, maybe I need to. Maybe I need to spend an, another fucking few. I spent more time previewing this fucking card than I've done any card in the history of the UFC, so I apologize if (laughs) I... I didn't get that part right, but I'll know from now on. This guy's a real prospect because Omar Gadziev is good. He's a very good wrestler. He can strike as well. He can hit hard, as we saw as well tonight, but Bahalio is very good on the ground. He's striking his... Is very good as well. I think he'll be able to show his striking off more in the future. Uh, but I was very impressed. And someone asked me in the preview show, like, uh, maybe it was even you, could they put a bit of light into that this middleweight division? And I think
1: Balio could. He's 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 Definitely. that good. I'm very impressed. Were you it's impressed? Bad on we need it in, in, in the stale middleweight division right now. We need we need guys like this coming in and and fair play Spencer called it, you know, I asked the question on the preview show, is like these are two UFC debutants coming in and fighting in a co event slot. And I was like, what would be the reasoning about that? And maybe suspiciously called it too well, Spencer. I know we were questioning him on the, p- the preview show that, you know, they're probably UFC are hoping to kind of showcase Berhalio a little bit tonight against an undefeated Russian wrestler. And and he definitely passed the test, uh, looked unbelievable, uh, was well able to defend the takedowns, looked explosive on the feet. Like we were we were questioning that on the preview show. It was like, will he be able to, defend the takedowns but he wasn't alone able to defend them he was actually winning the grappling exha- exchanges on the ground as well so i was massively impressed and then you know a little bit of a tainted victory as well the way the kind of fight ended up as well you know it was this one, unfortunate this one was a lot different now so uh,
0: a similar position look they were against the cage like the like the other fight one guy with the, the back of the other guy about standing in the cage but this time Omar Gadziev had his hand on the ground, so he was a grounded opponent, uh, and Bahalyo kneed him in the head as he was a grounded opponent. And Look, Omar Gadziev, I think, also played this up a lot, to be honest. Um, and as he was on the ground, as the doctor was looking at him, or and Bahalyo was in the other corner, Dan Mergliano, who was the referee, went over, and he took a point from Kyle Bahalio. and he said to him as he was there he was like I told you in the back you're not allowed to throw strikes like that you know you could see that he was grounded one point one point being taken away then uh, the the, uh, doctor came in Omar Gadziev couldn't go on and they went to a technical decision because it had passed uh, that point in the fight to me, that's that's a disqualification because Dan Margliata had said to him that he knew what he was doing throwing the shot. He took the point away for him for throwing the illegal shot. Like, it's it's no longer an unintentional illegal shot. To me, that's an intentional illegal shot which ended the fight. Therefore, that should be a disqualification. Now, you, people probably find a way around it and say different things and everything like that. I was actually talking to someone about this last night and they were telling me that if something like that had happened, right, say if it was an a uh, um, uh, headbutt that had caused a cut in, say, the first round, right, and the fight went on, and then at the end of the second round, the doctor stopped it, uh, or midway through the third round, the doctor stopped them because of that cut. Then, like this, it could go to a decision, but the person who caused the cut actually couldn't win. It could be only the other guy who could win. I don't know could something like that have happened here the go because it felt a bit weird the guy won who did the uh yeah. illegal blow it was it just that's felt what wrong. I was
1: saying that's what I was saying kind of on Twitter like it feels so strange that you get a point deducted for an illegal shot and then you go on to win the fight it, and I kind of said that look it's a little bit different than the baronet incident earlier on in the night because i i uh, Ultimately, my opinion on it is is that if you're a fighter, you have to have the intelligence in there to know what shots you're t- you're going to throw. And Baraglio needed to do that, and I honestly think that Budai needed to do that too. There's another like Budai could have just tried to land punches in that position, but chose to use the elbow. And uh, I don't know. I think you know. There's a responsibility to the fighters to 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 use intelligence when they're throwing their shots. Um. And it's down to the discretion of the referee to call whether it's an intentional or an unintentional, and it just leaves so many grey areas when it around the the rule, I guess. And but this one just didn't feel right for me. I mean, yeah, you're going to take a point away from Barrio, and then you're going to give him the win. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. Yeah, at
0: least the first one, right? They called it unintentional, but illegal. Fair enough, no contest. This one. He took a point away because it was an illegal shot. That was, and look, you can take
1: a point That's away. That's the from, major differential yeah. between the two. It was an, an mm-hmm. unintentional illegal shot and an intentional legal shot. Yeah, he but knew what he was doing he when he threw it. He see the hand down.
0: Yeah, and they got yeah. the same thing. That just, that just doesn't feel right. They can spin it whatever way they wanted. You know, I'm sure the referees and that people will spin. It. Yeah, that just, that just can't be right. That just doesn't feel right, and it's. Uh, If I was Omar Gaziev, I would be appealing this because that couldn't stand up, I don't think. It's one of those ones that was just like, how could you get a point take? I I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, let's talk about the main event, Balan Mohamed versus Vicente Luque. I think we can all agree that uh, Wu Yanan was more exciting
1: than Vicente Luque tonight, and I was right after. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> if you can come on here and champion Darren Elkins for getting the shit beat out of him all the time, um, I can champion <laughs> Vicente? Vicente Luque. Come, Jesus, come on. Bilal didn't do enough break. for that. He, fight, let, he let the side down tonight. Luque did big time. I didn't think he not a great fight. He fought. He's fighting. Oh, not a great performance, but I'll tell you something for nothing. Bilal Mohammed put in a hell of a performance well, like, no, yeah. it was unbelievable by him um let alone you know we all knew he wanted to come in there and, and take the fight down but his striking looked great tonight his shot selection his footwork the switching of the stances confused luke those he, body he, kicks yeah, he lured he lured Luke into the traps with that footwork and and switching stances something that Luke did to Muhammad in the first fight at UFC 205 was that Muhammad was not able to deal with the uh the, the switching of the stances from Luke. so Muhammad actually kind of turned it around on Luke tonight Luke was switching stances but Bilal Muhammad was as well never went in the same direction once was moving from right to left um I I was I mean I, I predicted it, it was either going to be a Luke finish inside round 3 or, or Muhammad by decision. We got the decision but I thought it was going to be much more of a grinding, more difficult fight but Muhammad won the fight very comfortably.
0: Yeah, I, I picked the draw as everyone knows coming into this but I also didn't pick Bilal and everyone else picked Lucas so I was I'm taking the the victory in this one But we we will leave that aside. Um it you know what in a weird way this was kind of the fight I did envision. Now, maybe I thought it'd be a little bit closer, but I thought Bilal would do okay on the feet. I didn't think he'd get hurt too much. He actually got hurt a bit, and it was—I thought he might get hurt a bit, but he got takedowns at good times, and he kept going for his takedowns
1: as well. It was very—I don't know why—it was very the much timing the, of his takedowns tonight. were more beautiful, but brilliant. I was also disappointed in Luke's lack of urgency to number one stop to take down and then to get back up to his feet once he was taken down we've seen a little bit of that urgency later in the fight and i asked myself where was it at the start of the fight you know what i mean you can't you must have known if you're luke a, that that's what what muhammad was going to try and do um but i, I don't know I, I i'm a little bit confused by by luke's performance. He he can fight much better than that and he probably will in future. But you know, Muhammad was the better man tonight. Yeah, so the, the fight started,
0: I'll just quickly run through the rounds and maybe how they were scored. Um what you were saying there, Ian, like the a lot of circling by both guys luke at times is doing a good job of cutting him off with his hooks landing the few left hooks but Bilal's one twos down the middle not as much in the first round but as we go into the second round but that takedown and the ground upon i think won him the first and those body kicks especially i think won him the first those were the most impactful uh fights of the whole stri- uh, sorry stri- strikes of the whole fight apart from the the third round where Luca hurt Bilal multiple times. but in the second round Bilal won it again It was a close round I think that was probably The closest uh, Of all the rounds I just like Bilal's 1-2s early And his body, big body kick late He also got a takedown Didn't really do much with it But still He had the effective Offence And I think he won it That third round Was the only round I gave to Luke uh, He hurt Bilal Multiple times Maybe he could have gotten the finish. You know, Bilal was very badly hurt, but he did a good job of circling away and getting his feet back a little bit. Uh, in the fourth round, there was an early takedown from Bilal, which was huge. That round, look, if Luke had gone out and won that after Bilal had been hurting the third, it could have been 2-2 in the last. Maybe he could have gotten the finish. Bilal took that away with the huge takedown. Um, Luke just didn't do enough in the rest of that round. Bilal landed a nice shot there. That was another close round, but I think Bilal won it. And in the fifth, to me, it was all Bilal. Honestly, he Luke landed very little. There was another nice body kick late. I, I just couldn't pick out anything from Luke to give it to him. He landed one or two shots, but I thought Bilal overall just kind of ran the fight. And he didn't really... Look, he didn't really do much different throughout the whole fight. He was circled a lot, threw the body kick a lot, threw one-twos down the middle, and went for the odd takedown in the middle of the cage. Like luke F and dominic cruz kind of kept saying oh he's fighting a five-round fight he's fighting a five-round fight i thought he was fighting a fight where he just wanted to land a big shot at some time in the five-round fight which is a very different thing than fighting a five-round fight which is bizarre comment like the commentary was horrendous all three of them yeah, were horrendous, mean, he like, wasn't
1: getting tired he was no. i i think with luke who is known for his output and it just shows the power of wrestling was just so wary of that takedown that it might have made him a little bit more hesitant on the feet tonight because he found himself in the pocket and, and, and when he got a little bit too close to Muhammad, Muhammad's timing on those takedowns were absolutely phenomenal when Muhammad knew at the exact times to Like, look, he was getting a little bit tired at the end, and he and he was trying for the the body lock, trip takedowns. But his double legs at the start of the fight were unbelievable, and I guess that was in the back of Luke's mind. Maybe he was a little bit hesitant to overcommit on those shots in case he found himself on the ground uh, getting taken down. Like, but I mean, that's all credit to Bilal Muhammad. He's creating that 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 narrative in the fight, and you know, he's creating that doubt as well. I mean, I think the story of of the fight is, is, if you want to compare the first fight to the second fight, and we were saying, you know, both fighters have gotten better. But you know, I said that Luke was, my opinion before the fight was, even though Muhammad had improved a lot, I think Luke was still probably slightly better from what we had seen. But after the fight, I think Muhammad, we we've seen clearly Muhammad has developed into the better fighter and and better fight IQ, more confidence in his stand up and um just just good game planning and good good like fight iq where he knows what he has to do to get the job done and we've seen it against Stephen wonder by thompson in his last fight too so fair play to muhammad
0: yeah i think after the fight now it's easy to be the general after the battle as a famous man once said but it felt like maybe luke was overrated and uh, Mohammed was a little bit underrated coming into the fight not in general but I think maybe that was the way it was and look the odds showed it that way too and it wasn't close you know it wasn't a close fight necessarily uh, but you know what comes after this then like I think it's probably easier for Luke to get matched up after this I think one, the Wonderboy fight makes a lot of sense that rematch now maybe even Masvidal defending on, on what Masvidal does Bilal um, Mohammed versus
1: Sean Brady yeah
0: I was I was thinking that as well but if you're Bilal Muhammad, right, you're ranked number six right now. He's going to be ranked number five come Windsor because Luca is five. Sean Brady is nine. Like, And you're after yeah. fighting Wanderby at seven. You're after fighting Luke, who will be at six now. You're after fighting Leon Edwards, and I know that went to a no contest or whatever as well. Um, who did he fight? Did he fight Ponzinibb or someone before? I can't remember. I don't have it up in front of me. I... <sighs> I would love to see that fight. I think that fight makes a whole lot of sense. But if you're Bilal Mohammed, why would you... I don't think you should take that fight. Like, I would hold out. Maybe Gilbert Burns? The
1: cool, the cool, the, yeah, Gilbert Burns maybe, but you're fighting a guy coming off a loss, but I'm sure that wouldn't matter. If you were to cool the jets a little bit on Shamayev, you could throw Shemaev in there with Bilal Muhammad yeah. and headline headliner. And maybe Colby turns down that fight and he doesn't take the Shamayev fight. Then but if he does that, that, I think
0: we will see Shamayev versus uh, Luke uh, versus uh, Muhammad.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any too much of a rush with Shamayev. Like, I mean, you, you could throw him in there with Colby, and you know he has the potential to win that fight, but he has the potential to lose that fight as well. You know, I think Bilal Muhammad is much more of a winnable fight for Shemayev. You could do Muhammad, then you could do Covington, then you could do Usman if you were going to progress him that way. But it'll be interesting to see. Like, it's it's starting to heat up there now in the top of the welterweight division. Indeed,
0: right. Uh, that is it from us. We're going to leave it there uh ian tell everyone about the old angles coming out another episode angle, another this episode
1: this wednesday myself and ian quill chat we'll be bringing the heat we'll be covering cage legacy uh, the IUR card um talking about a bunch of other stuff the locker brothers are going to be on with us for a chat as well and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to it you can get it on all podcast platforms and on the severe mma youtube channel this wednesday
0: beautiful uh, following Ioniel MMA over on Twitter. Don't bother following me. 8 p.m. Monday on Patreon. If you're not signed up for Patreon, you have to be signed up for Patreon. There's some brilliant podcasts over there. Speakers Corner, myself and Ian. What have we coming out? We've. Uh, who do we do on the the Contender? Uh, the last Alex day? Behera. Alex Behera. That's a very interesting podcast. One, yeah. That was a good one. So that's coming out this week, Wednesday, I think. There's a the speakers corner coming out Thursday, and obviously that live stream. One time only. Live. You'll never hear it again. Monday 8pm. So. Uh, this also might be like the longest podcast we've done. Since the fucking Andrew McGahan days. Because it's coming up on. Uh, what? Uh, two hours? It's all—it's going to be over two hours. I think this podcast. So. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks everyone for listening. I don't know if I can upload this to YouTube. Because it's too long. But anyway. Um, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. Good luck.